on the audio, turn up the levels. All right, let's rock right. it. <laughs> oh, he'll do the thumbs up in the chat. We are live. <laughs> are we? We are. It says it, but it's coming. Oh, oh shit! Stop. It does say, "Yo." <laughs> we are here, <laughs> ladies. This is the, yeah. This is happening. This is uh. This is you know the pot. You know, pandemic cannot get in the way of the podcast. This is what's up. And as far as I'm concerned, it could for a while get in the way of the podcast because the couch gets real comfortable. <laughs> Realness. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pandemic episode of Stakes is High, the Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember the pandemic episode. Pandemic episode. I can't even know. We, I don't know if we can number this, but this is what's this. The tornado episode. The tor- well, I mean, if the tornado has a name, then we could, you know, then we can go back to it. Last week there was hail in my front yard. Yo, yeah, we. I heard. My hand. I heard. You know, so like we we could end up with within a year or two the tornado episode. <laughs> we could, we could. But ladies and gentlemen, this remains, this is Stakes, ladies and gentlemen, this is just your favorite podcast on some social distance and shit. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Troy Hunter, at Tall Black Guy on the Twitters and all that internets and shit, because internets is how we connecting right now. It's true. Through the miracle of broadband. Through the miracle of broadband. If you didn't have broadband, this would be, you'd be ass out. Right. Dial up, you, you wouldn't even get the background. No, not at all. Not at all. I am Terry Gant, a.k.a. Black Midnight, a.k.a. Dread October. Thank you all for uh, listening and watching, however you're, you're absorbing our content right now. <laughs> you're absorbing it in your grill, in your grill piece. And backstage, behind the scenes, we have... <laughs> well, I mean, we, we're going we gonna to bring them out. I don't know how necessary... Oh, there you go. Bam! Okay. <laughs> we're working out this technological shit, because Lord, you know... who. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have Jeff Smith in the house. COVID-19 edition, baby. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Jeff's in the house with children. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil himself wearing the basic three-string weeks. So, let me tell you, I've not ordered as much food in my life. I'm drinking every day. It's not good. Today, I felt like I was going to go to the pantry, so I'm all pinky up. <laughs> pinky up. Word up. That's what's up. I'm at, I'm at salt water and lemon juice. That sounds like recovery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Which I haven't watched yet, so okay. I'm saving it to the last episode of Picard is watched. And I kind of want to watch it just to get it over with because I'm not happy. <laughs> what are we all? Okay. <laughs> I ain't trying to jump into that shit. I'm going to put a pin in that one and then I'll, I'll see if the conversation takes us there. Okay. Okay. Because we in this conversation, we will speak on how, you know, how we we spend our time and and the, the, the media that have gotten the, the medias and the art that have gotten us through, we are definitely going to speak on that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Normally, we write down topics and whatnot, but uh, yeah, no prep. Zero. 
Zero prep. You know, you know what my prep was? My prep was leaving tabs open of things I was doing today. <laughs> that was as close as I got. When I, when I found out we were doing this, I was like, well, I won't close that thing so I can keep so we can talk about it. <laughs> I won't close that thing, maybe we'll talk about that. And then I saw another I saw a thing right when I logged into the Slack. I was like, I saw that a conversation had popped over in comics that like bears a bit of discussion because I think people got a thing twisted about the industry and so both of my comments related things can kind of clear this up a slight bit, I think. Maybe. Or make it okay. cloudy. I don't know. Okay. Well, I got a com- we got com- we're going to talk about some comic shit because some comic shit didn't happen and I got questions. All right. And, you know, we talking. Let, let us go. Right. Let us go. All right. I got money for it. All right. I'll answer all questions if I can. Okay. I mean, the answer, I mean, this, you know, I, you know, keep on the personal level because, you know, you know, you can talk about the broad issues, but right. we're talking about specific, like, how this is affecting you know, the the, right. the the circle and the people we know right. and, and, and us that you know what I'm talking about. Right. Um just for the record, I looked in s- to the sea um where the comments are coming from and if we have to maintain and look at the uh Facebook feed to see like if people are saying stuff. And it's not like a chat like it is here. Right. So I see people have commented on the post of the yeah, I got, I got yeah, I got some of the crew, the people that we know can go way back. I don't see how to. I don't see how to talk to them. Right, how to talk to them, though. This might be for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it might be better that we can't respond. You and I on on a whatever this this streaming duck thing is. Okay, I mean, are we supposed to shout this out, Jeff, or no? Yeah, so I, I'm posting it on my feed. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, share it out as much as possible. Um, let me just see if we respond in this chat. Let's see, we're, we're y'all's guinea pigs today, so we just cut some shit out. Um, we're gonna see what's up because, yeah, we see comments, but we don't, it's not like a chat, you know. Right? I think, I think the person that can respond to things in the chat is Jeff right now. Oh, as the director, I think Jeff can respond to that. I can't, that sounds um, right. All right, yeah, well, I, I have no, I have no. You know, ability to type where people can go, like I can in Facebook. Yeah, right. Which is fine. Yeah, but like I said, we we testing this out. It's all good. Um, So I'm gonna keep an eye on the chat. Everybody got to know that you know we're streaming from the future. So you know there is going to be a little bit of a delay. So we're probably like 15, 20 seconds ahead of y'all. Right. Um, uh, Speed. Right. We're gonna get through this. All right. Nothing technical shit. <laughs> Pinky's up. Pinky's up. I'm, I'm a drink. I had my little drink. Um, there's the there's a magic of what's it called? White, like white raspberry strawberry drink. It's like a cocktail joint, but you mix it with limoncello and a little I'm Seven out. Up. It's refreshing. You become my great aunt. It's refreshing. Look, look. I'm with it as long as that's all I'm drinking. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's you know I'm, it's refreshing, and yeah. I drank that shit right before, um, right after I had my my little. Are we on, my, are we on a cruise ship and it's going down? No, I'm a little, little, but right it was right after my shot is this of right after uh, church of uh, Russell's bourbon. Russell's bourbon is the shit. Just want to put y'all up on. I'll put put you up on game. Russell's okay. bur- Russell bur- Russell's bourbon. It's, Russell's bourbon is so much the shit that then you got to go drink Alize right after. Hey. 
you know, pinkies up. Like Jeff said, pinkies up. Now I just wanted to drink something else. Oh, okay. COVID nineteen guys making those choices. No, yeah. no, th- those those aren't those aren't necessarily choices though. Just say. I know it doesn't sound like it's a good choice, but all right. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get in, let's get into some content because people right, want yeah. people yeah. want content. So on this on this comic shit. Right, on this comic shit. So the majors, because Diamond Distributors decided, fuck y'all, we're we're not doing this anymore. Not doing this right now. And there are no books being distributed to comic book stores and whatnot across across the country. The question becomes, well, the question becomes, and I've seen kind of analyses of this, but the thought being that they're not doing this because it, they're, they're, they shut it down and, and they're not doing digital because digital is an option. They're not going digital because they do not want to alienate future customers. Okay, so let's back up. Uh, part of the reason why, what they're not doing is they're not taking new deliveries from publishers. Therefore, they're not uh, shipping out new comics to end users like us retailers, right? They're not doing that because they have to work in a skeleton staff to do anything whatsoever. Right, the warehouses are like like barely got anybody in them, and Diamond's offices has everybody working remotely. Some of Diamond's customers are under harder, uh, more restricted shelter in places than others. So, like let's say us for example, <coughs> California and Illinois are under businesses shut down, but like let's say Texas was barely under anything. Right, kind of soda had been told to go home, but <laughs> kind of soda. Right, so if Diamond were distributing still. What they would have is they would have customers in some states getting books, but customers in other states not getting books. Customers who are not getting books are also like you're running risks of falling way behind. Yeah. Some parts of Chicago, if Indiana's not in a shelter in place, if you're a, if I was a comic shop in the south suburbs of Chicago, I'd be real concerned that my customers could drive right across the Indiana border and get their books. I'm only 90 minutes from I'm 90 minutes from Milwaukee, but I'm 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border where I live, so. How hard is it to just go to a shop that's not that far away? Technically, theoretically, this could be done. So enough of Diamond's customers with shops, right? Like, they're basically saying, we don't, what we want is something that's level and fair. And if Diamond, having enough problems trying to figure it all out, just shut it down. The reason digital isn't an option is the agreement is digital books go out when print books go out, right? So... Since that's the agreement that DC made, like DC basically said, the whole point of the New 52 back in the day, in 2011, was day and date shipping, right? It was, we're going to ship Nightwing to the store, you're going to be able to download Nightwing the same damn day, right? Right. If if everybody basically in the entire chain is having problems, at some point you're about to run into, there are no digital books to send out because there's no work being done, right? Like, you can't pay anybody if ain't nobody, if you've got no customer base. Right? No one can advertise. Who's buying advertising? Who's paying the people to do the work? Right? If I'm a, if I'm a dude like working on a page rate right now, I want to be paid for my work. Right? But if no one's buying books, how can how long is DC going to pay me? How long is Marvel going to pay me? If no one's putting advertising in a DC or a Marvel book, how long am I getting paid? Right? So everybody shut everything down. There are no digital books of new shit because there is no new shit. Okay. Right, like I don't, I don't even care that like, I don't personally, I don't care that somebody's gonna download a Hellboy book before there's a Hellboy book in print. Right, I think that the 
go get it digitally is an option that is only really working for a small percentage of the audience anyway. It's not as big a uh, percentage of the audience as everyone thinks, right? The bulk of the, the, the fan base is buying in print because they want to buy it. Yeah, right. I heard it was like ten percent or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's or not. It's not like it's not like small. everyone has an iPad or they're buying or they're doing both. Right? They're basically people buying or doing things digitally. They're not new customers who showed up and just got into comics, and therefore they make they're making up like a, a bigger chunk of the audience. They're really not. It's, it's a small percentage of the audience not being served by digital because there's no di- new digital content, right? But when it comes to like. The print market, that's the bulk of the market, right? I would bet that even if you were going to get digital books, you're only going to get digital books for about another month, right? And then you're, then there's nothing. There's nothing there. And the pandemic's not the time really to, to have folks saying, like, you know what, I'm going to buy this iPad so I can enjoy my comic book digital experience, right? And so it's like either you were there or you weren't. I can before. tell you right now, the, the I, I live, well, my shop, you all know what my shop is. My shop is in what I'm going to refer to as a... a a middle, a very uh, diverse and fairly middle class region of Chicago, right? I'm going to tell you right now that most of my customers coming into that spot ain't trying to. They're not. They're not iPad. They're not iPad users looking to build up digital collections on hard drives. They're just not doing it, right? They want their. They want their print comics and they want them now. They want their graphic novels. They don't want their print comics. Diamond has a DC Marvel has a bigger issue getting people to stay with the title. Right, that they've already put out, then they do sort of trying to build a digital audience. More people have gone and watched it in cartoons and in movies than have ever come to comics. Right, so your bigger thing to do would be like, well, fuck making these comics. Why don't we just go ahead and make you know like like twenty minute shorts for all these characters and get everybody watching on screens anyway? Because they're jumping right over digital comics and going straight to what the movie industry showed you that. Right, the digital market's not growing by leaps and bounds. The the MCU basically took all the Marvel shine, and people left right over print comics and went straight to just watch a movie and wait for the next movie. Yeah, that to me, I think that's what I'm seeing, right? I, I see like it's not like Diamond or Marvel or anybody else or DC tried to bring the price point down. They didn't try to bring the price point of digital down. They didn't try to bring the price point of print down. They did nothing to get you into digital before this point, right? So that you'd really be losing if it all went away. Right, because the only real play that they made for digital, in my opinion, was you know the Marvel app and the DCU app, which is which is quality content. In fact, like you know, with with new issues being shoved out, I've sort of flocked to that, right? So like I'm just going through and I'm grabbing lists of things that people are like, yo, these are like the top thirty stories you need to read in DC or Marvel, and I'm just using those subscription-based apps to sort of fill the void going back in the catalog. I wonder how many people from from folks that I talk to who are comic collectors. A lot of them, and, and a lot of my, my customer base, I've shipped a lot to mail order, right? Right. During the shutdown. But a lot of people I know, the reason the mail order works, and this is for people who own iPads, the reason mail order works, they just want something else. Hey, man, I can't pick up any new comics. Pick something out for me to, to just mail me, you know? You know? Like, they own iPads. They just don't want to, they, they're not going to go digital now just because COVID-19. Now they're just going to pick something else up. It's gonna, the mailman's going to bring it instead of me. It's kind of how this is going. You know, I know a lot of people who are just up now looking through their comic book boxes to see what's already in their house. Right? I've been bagging and boarding comics for three weeks now. Right? Like, I've got comics I can't believe I ever bought. What the hell was I thinking? Is what I'm saying. Half the books I'm looking at. What was I thinking? 
I'm not thinking to myself, you know what? I want to read this again, but let me let me find if I can download. Right? That, I don't think that's really a thing. Now there might be a lot of people out there thanks to like you know COVID nineteen who use their internet to absolutely pirate shit sometimes. Right? But COVID nineteen is not making them buy things digitally. Right? For this particular artist. Now if you're already a digital reader, if that's already your thing, then there's nothing that's going to change for you. You just don't get any new content. You'll just decide you're going to read like the Invisibles. Right? That's available. You never read it before, now you've got the time. You can download it and read it. But I find that most you know, people... But you're already a digital reader. When people pirate shit, it's really because uh, they're engaged with some shit that they were never going to buy anyways, right? They weren't going to buy it anyway. Right. They weren't going to yeah. buy it. Nobody lost their money. Right. They weren't going to buy it. Now they had the no desire to buy it. Right. I yeah. downloaded Sonic the Hedgehog, right? I wasn't about to pay $20 for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> right? But, but, I, but I downloaded it, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's it. I think it really is. Huh? It's people feeling like wanting to say, "Diamond, you left everybody in the lurch. You could have done something. You could have done this. Publishers, you could have done this thing, right?" But the audience isn't really there to make them want to do that thing. Versus figure out how to keep the entire damn business afloat in general. I saw something that was really that had it more like. That kind of position the whole argument to be like you'd rather fuck with like brick and mortar stores, which is basically like you know failing and dying, blah 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 blah, than embrace the future, blah 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 blah. But if in 2011 you've had 10 years, if in the past 10 years you haven't gotten even up, you haven't gotten 50 50 between print and digital, this isn't going to happen. Not without it becoming a lot cheaper, and they don't want to make it cheaper. And here's the thing: I don't even think it's price though, right? Because here's my thing. Right, and as someone that has embraced digital, right? Like I, I love digital comics, but it took a thirteen hundred dollar iPad for it to get comparable to paper, right? Right. So like yeah. who's gonna make that sort of investment, right? Not saying that it's not bad, not saying that it's a bad experience on smaller tablets, but it's not comparable to print in a way that's different than to me than ebooks, right? Like ebooks, there was a large argument to be made, like, okay, this is a low cost investment. And there's a lot of advantage over it. With comics, I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a big barrier to entry before it. Uh, I, I would probably say a, I, would, I, know, I would probably no. I would probably say not so much because um, I own a cheaper iPad, and to me the experience you know after you know you get the right app, you know you get something that stores all your stuff or whatever whatever you can import, you know those pirated uh, things, um, all that kind of thing. Or legally bought things. Or legally bought you know. Yeah. Or that, you know, or things you just randomly pick up off the internet, you know, whatever, wherever you get the stuff. Um, but the advantage I see for me in, in terms, like, is instead of buying that $1,300, I bought a four, I bought a $500 iPad. And I'm able to, because I'm able to enlarge it, because I'm able to go frame by frame, because I'm able to, you know, some people may have, like, an added kind of digital bonus, like, here's a sketchbook, here's the script, that kind of thing. I'm more able, I'm, I've gone digital maybe 80-20 because of the sure. fact that I can do more with that digital than I could in paper because A, I can't see, B, I'm running out of space in my house, and C, I, to Terry's point, I, the thing is, I don't want to be to the point where, why did I buy this? If I, if I did, why did I buy this on some digital shit? You can cure. You can control your purchases and curate your entire collection as an adult now, instead of like a lot of us did, since we were doing it from the point in which we were kids, and we've just stuck with it for forty years. I think that like 
Another issue is I know a lot of parents whose kids do have iPads, right? And for the amount of households I know where there's more than one iPad in the house, the, the thing that people aren't catching is there's a lot of content on those iPads that trump comics. A yes. lot of things are happening on an iPad for a kid that right now a, a comic book ain't even if it's the same characters that Marvel and Disney own the licenses for, they're coming at you different ways than just giving you the comic, right? So comic-wise, the industry has a little trouble growing when they've already gone around that the, the comic book model to present five other ways for you to interact with that character, right? For you to interact with this character's content, so like or this publisher's content. So I kind of feel like we're only talking about it because the, the industry's readers, the half million or so of us that there are, are feeling the lack instead of really thinking about kind of like what's really happening, like like how it all actually works. You know, you feel like as a user, you have you're like a large percentage of it because you know how much you've invested in it. But in fact, you might actually be a small percentage of it that just invested a lot. You know what I mean? You you you've gone heavily in. I have to think about now, like with no new comics, I'm not gonna go in and 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 put you know a bunch of kiosks in my shop. So people can come to my shop and read digitally. I got to go to like a different model if yeah. there's going to be no new comics, right? Yeah, yeah. But like the way that like vinyl did, right? It's right now I have to consider. I don't really have a hard date for when new comics are coming back, right? And I know that when new comics come back, there's going to be people who don't really want to go out to comic shops. Who might still want to mail order. Who might want to do digital? In fact, because now they've been without the comics. You give somebody three months with no new comics, and they might just say to themselves, "Well, I found something else to do with that money." Yeah. Right. This is kind of how I feel when I tell people do indie comics all the time is if you don't have your new book in people's hands every eight weeks, they spent your money on something else, right? And I think the comic book industry is the same. It's the same kind of situation. Like you, if you're not doing new comics, then what are people, people are going to spend their money on something else. But shops have to pivot to like present their shops in a different kind of way. You know, if you're smart like that, or at least you should be thinking about it now. I've been thinking about it, so I kind of have an idea what I'm going to do until there are new comics. And I've only got a small amount of space to work in, so any change I do has to be kind of like a, a noticeable change, right? I can't like, I can't sort of slow boat it and figure <laughs> out what's going to happen. I'm, like, I'm positioned fairly well, I think, in that like I'm a smaller shop and my adjustments, I can do a, a medium-sized thing that's like a gargantuan thing when I do it, you know? That's kind of what I'm aiming for. So what do you think like the long-term impact is, right? Like, like you know, there's all these, you know, doom and gloom proclamations that like the majority of the, the retail market is going to get wiped out. Is, is that all like, is that just all shit talk or, you know? Is it... I, think there's, I think it's going to be, okay, everything is cyclical, right? Or, or, or the, it's, it's a history repeating itself kind of situation. I think that there will be shops that are old school shops that you're used to seeing that will absolutely be wiped out. This will happen to some stores. But I think on the other hand, Variant covers came back. <laughs> Die cut covers came back. Lenticular covers, people bought that shit. You know, like like there's a whole lot of things that they should have never done again after it helped collapse the industry in the nineties and they went right back to it and people jumped right the hell back in. Right? People still fall for the new number one bullshit. Like there's a lot of things that you think that they would have learned a lesson from and never do, but the the audience itself isn't really demanding the change. So what's actually gonna make the publishers do any different? Right? Like I can see the kind of shops that are going to have a hard time. Uh, they're, they're going to be old school shops who aren't going to be able to, to deal with having to pay rent 
and bills and possibly payroll and all these other things with no customer base coming in the door. That's what's going to wreck a lot of people. Diamond not shipping comics is the best possible thing for the industry because they're also not making you rack up bills that you don't have customers buying books for, right? I don't want to receive $1,500 worth of comics a week with, without a customer base to come and buy those books. So Diamond not sending me books is fantastic. Please don't do that, right? I don't want that, right? But somebody who's, you know, one of these fancy swank-ass shops where the light bill has to be 500 bucks a month, right. you know, some of these places have shop for Mexico ships, right? Well, well, great. Now you have the Starship Enterprise for a comic shop, and you're about to go through maybe four months with no new product, you know? Your bills are still going to be the same, maybe, right? So there's all these... There's all these packages out there, like from the SBA and everybody else, that maybe help you out. But if all that stuff doesn't really work out, and I'm going to say that people in my industry aren't always the best with the paperwork, you know? There's a whole lot of people whose entire bookkeeping plan is a shoebox, right? Filling receipts. Because really hard to send the man your paperwork to be like, yo, can you help me out? When what you've been doing for, I mean, I've only been in business for 11 years or so, right? Like as a brick and mortar. There's people who've been in business for, what? 25, 30, 40 years as brick and mortars who don't even use like point of sale systems, right? Like these, you, you, I'm not talking about like some odd shop here. This is the bulk of the shops in the industry aren't really doing modern techniques to begin with, just to sell shit every day, right? COVID 19 comes through, and if you're shut down for six months, right? How do you know how to tell somebody what the hell your actual books are improving, right? Like this is a problem. A lot of people come to, like, you ever see, Every so often there'll be these notices about shops going out of business. And, and I always find it funny. Like it's almost like they hide it in, in the fine print of the story where they're like, hey, such and such a company, the store has to close. It's been beloved in the market for 40 years and they got to close now. And, you know, they, they just, they, the landlord can't work with them anymore. And it's gotten untenable. And the, the, the whole neighborhood's changed and all these condos and yuppies aren't really buying condos like they were. And they owe $40,000 a diamond. And now they got to close. And I'm always like, $40,000 a diamond? My shit's CLD. Right. I don't get books unless I write a check. How do you get the old diamond 40 grand over a period of time? I don't understand how that works. But that could be because I'm a small shop and my credit's at. So, like, ain't nobody really trying to give me a credit line. So, <laughs> hey, perfect. Thank you very much. Save me from me. Because some of these other guys in the situation, what we saw when the industry kind of contracted way, like, you know, in the, in the mid-2000s with the way, and in the 90s, the reason some of these places go under is because they just don't have a way to, like, out, un undo undo that, like, top heaviness that they became. Right? And COVID-19 can have that happen to a lot of shops. Right? Do you do you think this is something that's specific to the comic book industry, or is just like you know in general people are shitty at business? I, I think that it's something specific to a lot of businesses that don't have people don't that don't have a lineage of how to run businesses. Right? I don't come from like. My, my parents didn't run their own businesses. Their parents didn't run their own businesses, right? So I don't have, like, a, 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 a quick knock on the door to either bail me out with X amount of money or give me some great insight as to what happened before in these other depressions when shit got bad and how people survived the thing, right? Like, a lot of us are running businesses that are, quote-unquote, dream businesses to run. And a lot of us run our businesses like they are our dream businesses to run, but they're not running them like they're like well-oiled machines, let's say, right? You're running it like a clubhouse. So if you're running it like a clubhouse, your finances are going to work like the finance of a clubhouse. And 
You can end, you can end up screwing yourself. Like, you know what I mean? And it, we never saw COVID-19 coming, let's say, right? But there are any number of people in our business environment who are always saying to us, prepare for the worst, right? What does prepare for the worst look like? You just don't think it's going to happen to you. You think it happened, oh, man, my competition closed. Yay, that's fantastic. They're out of here. Woo, it sucked for them. But maybe I get some of their customers. I don't know. I, I, I did something right. They did something wrong. But they were really only a mile and a half, two miles from you. You're all doing the same shit. They went out of business, but you might be two years from that point. Right? You're doing the same shit they were doing. Right? A lot of it is a lot of us grow up wanting a different kind of thing for how we make our money. And a lot of us don't grow up trying to figure out the, the best way and most efficient way to run businesses. And I'm not saying business courses are the answer. I'm saying that you gotta you gotta plan how to operate your business while taking yourself the fan of the business out of it. Right? That's really the way all of us should be doing it, and very few of us do. Right? We're so into it. I'd rather talk comics than like talk budget any day. Right? I'd rather talk comics than than sit down and analyze my my like my, my pie chart of like how shit's going and where shit could go. Like some of it's fun, some of it ain't, right? But like in the end, it's not just the comic shop, it's what happened to the record shops? How, how, how fun did it used to be to go to the record shop back in the day to hit Tower Records or these other spots and hit the jazz record mark? How, how, how cool was that back in the day? You go to Rock Records down in like Washington and Wells. How, how cool was that to be able to do back in the day? But people stopped buying CDs and all of a sudden it was like music disappeared from the world, right? People had to go back to 1970s technology and there'd be music that you could buy physically with your hands again. How did those shops not know? How did they not see? Man, you know, one day somebody's going to come along and just pump that shit straight into somebody's bloodstream and I won't be able to sell a physical product. What do I do? You know? Back issues are vital, effectively, right? Like, you can you can make that shift, but those shops weren't ready to do it because as far as they were concerned, they were still mad at having to be a CD shop. They were still pissed. You know? How many of those old record stores were like, Look, man, cassettes as far as I'm going. Cassettes are lazy this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not going to CDs. CDs are crap. <laughs> then iTunes came along, they were like, fuck iTunes. People are going to need CDs forever, right? All these shots were thinking it. And now here comes some bearded hipster, right? Like, he wears Birkenstocks every day and owns, like, four Hawaiian shirts. And and, and all he does is just, he, he, he vapes his entire way to work. And that dude pops up, like, overnight. Overnight. He pops up a vinyl store, Right? Right next to a skateboard shop, right next to a coffee shop. And somebody's like, how the hell did he do that? You know, he might not be there for very long, but he was able to do it because he realized something. There is still money in, in doing things a different way like the old shit. Or treat new shit like old shit. You know, I know a lot of bands that are releasing music right now. They're, they're screaming that they, they got it on vinyl. But they're screaming they got it on vinyl to a very small amount of people. Because I know people who have turntables, but I don't know people who have turntables from the 70s. I know a lot of people went out and bought new turntables. Yeah. You know? They went out and bought new shit to play the old shit. Yeah. To buy the new shit that sounds like the old shit. You know? We don't, we don't always learn that the, the option, the way to really go at it is to run our business without ourselves in our business and just treat the business like a business. You know? Sometimes I think the smartest dudes out there the cats who like open up like pizza joints. <laughs> Shock, right? Like, do what I know. Right? <laughs> if you open up a, a packaged liquor store 
and a spot that just does carry out pizza. Like you are the king of business in my mind because like you aren't gonna fuck up beer and pizza. Right. You know, the only way you can fuck up beer and pizza is by putting seventy five seats in the junk. Right? Like, all right, now you gotta hire sixty damn people, and now you gotta have the service for lunch and for dinner. Oh, now you can make all kinds of mistakes. Turns out people don't like to drink alizé at eight o'clock on a Wednesday. You fucked. Right? Like, just let the delivery guy take the pizza away. You know, oh, you like some 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 PBR to go with that? Fine. Whatever. You know? That guy would be in business for a million damn years. Unless, unless, unless the pizza and liquor is shit. <laughs> I mean, there's still quality of product right there. You still got to, you know, you still got to put out a quality product. You still got to have a quality product. The, the thing about that product is it is cheap, it is inexpensive to the end user, right? And it is brand recognizable, right? In comics terms, PBR can be Batman, right? Why does Batman cost $4 damn dollars? Batman should cost $2 dollars. Batman should cost two dollars. You should be able to get Batman at comic shops. You should be able to get Batman at, at, at Walgreens. You should be able to get Batman at Down at, at uh, whatever your grocery store is. I'm gonna say Dominic. I saw Dominic's coming. I saw it. I saw it. In my brain, the grocery store is always Dominic's. Yeah. <laughs> that's to me. That's what saves your comic industry. You want to save it, then take the things that are the most well-known brands. The most well-known brands should be at a price where people don't have to think about it when they're going to buy it. I don't, I don't have to decide Batman or Superman or Spider-Man. The answer is yes. You should have two bucks a piece. Give them to me. Right? I'll take all three of them. Right? And I should be able to get them at the corner store. Right? The point of the comic shop is you go deep at comic shops. The comic shop is the retailer who knows what's what. The comic shop is the guy who can put you up on storylines. The comic shop can track the lineage of artists. The comic shop can put you up on the indies. Like, that's the point. That's how the direct market started, right? It started with the direct market retailer being the guy that can tell you what Steve Rude was working, what Timothy Truman was doing, what Howard Chaykin was doing. Yeah, we got your Avengers and your Justice League. So, right? But, like, if you really want to get into it, if you want to dive deep, oh, you like Miles Morales. Well, you know, who else would you like to know that's kind of like Miles Morales for your kid that, like, fits that, that, that teenage, like, minority character who's, like, an up-and-coming, like, little badass that, like, for 40 years we've been getting this character. I will show you these other five independent properties that they don't have at the Walgreens, that they don't have at, like, like the not a dominance, right? Or the jewels. That's one of the comic shop, the jewels, right? That, that's, the, that's supposed to be the point. The, the comic shop isn't supposed to be the place that has every single damn thing, and therefore you have to keep it open like it's the auto industry. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's how they made it, you know? Personally, open all of it up. All of it. And and you and you want it all opened up because you're saying uh, it increases the exposure of comics while at the same time preserving a space for independent comic shops. I would rather have quintuple the number of people in my marketplace so I can find you and hit you the shit you're not aware of. Right now, I'm screaming at the same half million damn people. I'm screaming at the same, what, 40,000 people in my area, right? Enough of that, right? Give me, bring more people to the market, right, so we have a chance to hit them to other things they might actually, the entry-level thing is Spider-Man and Batman. But we all know comics are more than that. You look at the previous catalog, right? Like, Dark Horse comics ain't going to get themselves inside of every single MyPod newsstand. That's not going to happen, right? Like, Image Comics, even Image Comics probably won't be able to do that. Only Marvel and DC and Archie are going to do that, right? Everybody.
everybody else is still going direct market. So take your top 20 characters of your Marvel or DC and put them any place that you can put a, any flat surface, put them there to build your build the overall market up and then let us retailers do what we do, right? So that we can actually expand your horizons and have you actually enjoy comics. So, so, uh, so with that though, right? Because like one of the big things was the whole like returns aspect. Are, are these big retailers gonna gonna be okay operating in the current rules? Do you create new rules? Like <laughs> okay, so, so here's here's what I every time the the retailers we say we want returns. We want returnability on everything. And we do. We want returnability on everything because we're buying it largely sight unseen, right? And we 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 are not like we know that Marvel and DC wants you to think you're the customer, but you're not we're the customer. So since we're the actual customer, we want to be able to return every damn thing if, you're, if your marketing was bullet. If you sold us a false bill of goods on Jonathan Hickman being on this book, right? Okay, it's a new Hickman or Morrison book, or it's a new, like, um, Gail Simone book, but it turns out that if all these people are only on the book for four issues, and we're ordering two months in advance, when I go from Jonathan Hickman to Cy Spurrier, like, my customer base is going to be kind of annoyed by that, right? So we want to be able to return shit when you told me that it was going to be, like, you know, the, the best writer in comics, and now I'm going to, like, one of his boys, who's a good writer, but my customer base don't really see him that way, right? I might have a little more knowledge about the situation, so I know what the guy's capable of, but people aren't going to take that risk. We want returnability, right? When publishers start saying, we'll give you returnability, a lot of times they're only offering returnability up, like, you know, you're at the club, you bought the dance, but you're only in the, the dance is only like a two minute dance, bro. You can't stay at two hours. That ain't no two. You know, that two hour dance that's two. Like, that's two right? minutes. Word. Oh, okay. You, that's what it really is. Like at some point, the publisher's like, okay, time's up, right? We gave you returnability on for like the first two issues of that book, right? The rest of these books don't have returnability, and sometimes returnability is okay. We give returnability on the first six issues, but with a twenty cent restocking. So every time you return something, we, we give you credit for the book. So it's a four dollar book. Uh, we'll give you two dollar credit, but you owe us twenty cents, so it's actually a dollar eighty credit. So that's what you you know what I mean? Like that's not a thing that really helps anybody, right? Full returnability is what everybody actually wants. Full true returnability, but we the the the, the retailers aren't really empowered to make you do it, right? We don't have a union, right? right? We can't decide to not take books. Right? We can't leave books on, on a UPS loading dock until we get what we want. Right, It's up to the distributor and the publishers to decide that's the way they want to go. And unless there's real breakdown due to COVID-19 or some other disaster, unless there's real breakdown, that level of sweeping change doesn't happen. Right. So, so do you have like this sort of catch-22, though, where it's like, you know, you as a retailer, you got to know what your audience is going to buy, what your customer base is going to buy, right? At the same time, the publishers are trying to, to broaden the audience, right? Like, you know, you got, you've got got new books coming out. As the publishers never should broaden the audience. The publishers never should. This is why I want comics in grocery stores and dry cleaners, right? Because that would broaden the audience. The publishers not really trying to broaden the audience. If Marvel has 40 books on the shelf right now, like, like this month, Next month they're going to try to put out sixty books instead of forty, but that initial twenty books aren't meant to go to twenty like to new customers. That's meant to go to the same damn customers who are buying the sixty books, the forty books, right? You but you don't think that there's like newer books coming out that are trying to target younger audiences, you know, like Gotham High, right? Like 
Oh, absolutely. So, so, right. So that's, you know, in an odd sort of way, that's the thing I'm going to give the industry credit for, right? Marvel and DC did a lot of work to like build up that young, that, that YA audience. That audience grew by leaps and bounds because they tied none of that to continuity, right? The format of it was like kind of manga-like. They did a great job there, right? And in some cases, they pulled the plug on some inference they were putting on and just kind of like shifted things over a little bit because they're looking for immediate returns. And that's not the kind of thing that gives you immediate returns. That audience did grow. But that audience didn't also come over and buy your main Iron Man book or your main Thor book, and they're not going to. But I guess the question is, from your perspective, though, as a retailer, right? Like, you're taking a risk on this book that's unproven, and you're taking it, like, too much. Does that sort of, like, create this competing force with growing this, you know, particular audience segment and you having to say, like, well, if it's between taking a risk on this book and going with my tried and true top 15, I'm going to go with my tried and true top 15. Now this book doesn't, this new book doesn't, get into the hands of new readers. I do it kind of the opposite way. Since I know I've only got so much space in my shop, I'm I'm forced to pull the plug on something that might be, something that might have been around a little bit. I've been watching its numbers kind of level off or sink, right? I yank that book off my shelves to put the new book on the shelf, right? I know the reason Marvel jumps from 40 books to 45 books to 50 books to 60 books to 95 books a month is because they want me to have to choose between the fifth Spider-Man book they're putting out and something that Image might be doing, Dark Horse might be doing. That's a new, that's a new concept or a new number one, right? So they're making me choose their their tried and true character over this up and coming indie that they'd rather have crowded off my shelf, right? And what I tend to do is I go, look, I didn't ask you to do a book for character X that nobody really wanted. They like that character. Put that guy in the Avengers and let him be there, right? He didn't need his own solo title. So I dropped that guy, right, in order to try something that might be different and new and interesting to my audience, right? I can't support Ghost Rider just because Ghost Rider hasn't had a book in a while, right? I can't go 16 issues deep on Ghost Rider either, right? I'll go, give me, you give me returnability on number one, I'll try Ghost Rider number one, which then means I'm also ordering number two, right? Right. But by number four, I know if this is going to work or not. No, no. Most shops will go to number eight before they decide if it's going to work or not. Right? Ghost Rider gets yanked real quick from my shelf because I know that there's some creator-owned thing that my customer base, particularly where I happen to be, right, they might be more interested in something independent, and I have to make room for that independent thing. So Ghost Rider, he already proven what he was going to do for me. Right? He's out of here. We got one comment. Uh... Chris saying the issue is the publishers are leaving it up to the comics to promote the culture 90% of the time. Terry's idea to grow the footprint of the distribution has merit. Do you you feel like that's all on the on the individual stop uh, individual shops to you know sort of promote the culture and shoulder that while the publishers are just kind of like we're just going to keep shipping ships? I think that you know we talk about like people being like in bubbles sometimes in in comic shop culture the bubble's real like. What I promote as the culture of my shop is because I feel like it's got to be that way. But every other shop kind of feels the same way, and they do what they do however they're going to do it. There's a whole lot of people. I'm going to I'm going to use the Jay Foster Thor as an example, right? There are a whole lot of people on the internet who were very very upset that Jay Foster was Thor, and they were declaring how much it sucked, and they were declaring how it was failing, and they were declaring how Marvel had made a mistake and done it, right? But part of this was because in in comic shops all over the country, 
the retailers were telling their fan base not to buy the book, right? They're ordering the book and then telling their fans to leave it on the shelf to not buy it. They did not order it. They ordered it because Jane Foster's sales were high, right? The book was a success. The the, 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 the counts and sales aren't counts to you. That counts to me, right? Those are my sales. They're only counting what the retailers buy. So retailers were buying the book, right, from Diamond, right? Diamond counted that. Diamond reported that. Yet retailers themselves turned around and told their fan base not to do it, wait for do Thor to come back, right? So they created a perception, which was, this isn't really for you, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? Basically taking a book they'd already paid for, but it's only taped for them, right? The numbers are already up, so there's no, the, what, why is Marvel going to pull the plug? You, you kept buying it. Right. And in my shop, people were reading it and enjoying it, right? So I kind of feel like the culture for our stores, is it's created by the individual stores. There's stores in Chicago that we can get to really close to my shop where I know when we go in those stores, it's going to be a different vibe than what I got going on Thursdays, right? You know, like, it, you just know that's going to be the case. So we create our own cultures and we just kind of maintain those. Like, people talk about customers going to, like, oh, you ain't got that book? I'll try these other four shops. Well, speculators would do that. But, you know, hardcore customers who have a shop tend to stay at their shop, you know? You, you are in the, you, you, as, a, as, a, as a customer, you're usually involved in the, custom, the, the culture of the shop you go to regularly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, when you were talking about the, uh, you know, retailers sort of like buying these books and then poo-pooing it, like, um, the first thing I thought of was like all the butt-hurtness over the New Warriors uh, that's been going on. Uh, yeah. You know, and... Like, do, do you see that pattern repeating with, with that book? Also with Gotham High, like, people are, are really sort of, like, up and arms about Gotham High. And, like, you know, to me, it's, like, a book is either for you or it's not, right? Like, we live in a sort of, like, comic book culture where everyone thinks everything that's produced is supposed to be for them, right? Yeah. Like and uh, I'm just wondering if you see that pattern repeating with, with these books and, you know, if it hurts their prospects. So, in the case of the New Warriors... I think that part of the issue was that what we have now is people, remember how it used to be in comics where you just didn't know what the hell was going to happen in the comic until you bought the issue and read it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like now we don't have that. Now we have three months before Bookkeeper hits the shelves, we've seen artwork, we've seen a plot, we've got like names of characters, we have a whole like kind of synopsis of what this book is all about, and the internet talks about it for nine weeks, right? You know what I mean? Now, the internet already hates it. The internet hates it. The internet hates it. Eight minutes of the tweet was sent, right? It doesn't even matter what the hell it was about. The internet now hates that shit, right? Like, the New Warriors have had, I don't know, maybe like seven different titles over the years, right? They're probably going to get seven more, you know? Like, it, it will happen. Like, okay, so this thing, maybe it does have an audience. Maybe it doesn't have an audience. I just kind of wish people would let something, like, sort of live before they, they lose their fucking minds. But, like, again, the culture is the culture. Got the right. same kind of thing. I thought New Warriors was a joke when I first heard it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> As a concept overall? Or, yeah. like, some aspects of it? Just some aspects of it. They were like, oh, it's Snowflake and Safe Space. At, at first, I, I thought like, it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. I was like, is this a joke? Like, this some joke? Like, screen time. I was like, screen time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, see, on the notes. To, for, but, and that's also for us, though, right? Like, if, if, that, if those characters had appeared on a Disney XD cartoon, right, before it were appearing in comics, had it been, you know, like, like 
Speedball and his amazing friends, right? And those characters appear on an episode. We would be like, oh, those are the characters from that TV show when they appear in a book, right? Yeah. We were mad as hell when Firestar was first created back in the day because we were like, what the who is this? You know, what? What happened? But then, nope, we watched Spider Man's Amazing Friends for four fucking seasons. And we were okay with it. Oh, we lost some video. I don't know why we lost my, my camera. is not unplugged. I'm on a laptop. There. I just, I was looking for a button. There you go. <laughs> There's a button right here. Yeah, you're frozen shit now. What is going on? <laughs> yes, you are frozen. Am I? I don't know why. Yeah, so. I don't really care. It's right. a good. It's a good freeze frame too. It is. It's pretty. But Trey, you got another question, or you got another topic? No, that was. I mean, that was. I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, you. You. My thing was basically, you know, was, but the point that you made about only ten percent. This. Who's complaining? Who is getting the who's getting the attention? Who is kind of driving the thing? And the quote, because this article that I was looking at was talking about basically how the people were being felt abandoned because there are comics that they've wanted to read, not necessarily new comics, but maybe old comics that were coming out. Um, I know I was looking forward to Strange Academy. Um, sure. That's postponed. Um, well, yeah, number one hit, and the, the collective edition, but it was right before this shit happened. Right. So, but this month there is no Strange Academy too. So, right. you know, it is what it is. But to some people's points, like yo, you know, there is, you know, it's possible to have digital because, you know, I see, you know, to your point, to you mentioned that Marvel ain't paying nobody. DC ain't paying nobody because nobody's doing nothing right now. Disney just laid off like forty thousand people. You know, like like it, it comes down to like could they? Uh, what I'm concerned about is what I'm what I'm suspecting the issue might literally be is agreements that digital happens when print hits shelves, right? Digital codes don't get just dropped until the book is on a shelf, right? DC's agreement is. DC books don't become available until the print books, until the print population has a chance to read said book. So 10% of the population can't have a book until 90% of the population theoretically has a chance to do it. So I think that it's agreements like that that have the whole thing frozen, right? Right. Right. Why are digital analog agreements always so fucked up, right? Like, you know, you've seen this in video too, right? And in TV shows, right? A lot of times it was like the agreements were written before digital was thought of and it just got caught up because of the wording. But, like, we keep separating these things. Like, why is it that I'm trying to, you know, watch a show from 1984 or some shit, and I got to pirate it, but I'm paying $70 a month in fucking streaming services, and I can't find it, right? Right. Like, <laughs> Which is another reason why people pirate, because the stuff isn't available. The stuff just isn't there. You know, I want to watch these old things, and maybe somebody has an old shitty version on YouTube and, and, or and something like that. In case of pirating, I will say this. I know a lot of people who are paying a lot of money for a lot of services and they just want the kind they want to pay for the content. They want the content. And it is just like Jeff said, some other thing is happening in the background that makes it impossible to find the thing. Like uh, musically, right? Like there was the other day I was trying to find um, I was building a playlist because now that COVID nineteen has happened, I'm doing a lot more painting, right? And I was like, ooh, you know what this playlist needs? This playlist needs this one Led Zeppelin song. 
Hey, Spotify, give me this song. And I'm in my backyard, and I'm fighting the glare of the sun against my screen. I'm trying to make it bright. I'm standing on the tree, and I'm like, what? I know I can spell Led Zeppelin. What the, what the hell? What's going on? Guess who ain't got Led Zeppelin? Right? Like, it's that. It's like, this is, come on, man. Don't tell me that here I am paying $14.99 a month to be able to get all the music to my brain that I need unless I want that thing. Yeah. Right? Like, how much De La Soul can you really find on Spotify? Right? Like, some. Some. Is the yeah. yeah. You can find some. And for, for somebody who really, who now when you, back in the day, you weren't paying for any of this shit. You were just getting it however you got it. We have CD collections and tape collections because that's how we were buying the thing. Right now, we're all streaming everything and we want to we want to throw money at the problem, but some things just aren't there because these agreements are just so Byzantine now. Yeah. Right, you can maybe put on an eye patch for a Hudson Hawk. Damn. Hudson Hawk, right? Like, Netflix, Amazon, COVID. Like, yeah, man. You know, you just look at first floor and you have a good night. Me and my wife, we were just like, oh, we're gonna sit down. And I was like, yo, let me let me put you up on some shit. And then uh, I downloaded it, and um, man, some shit just doesn't age the way you thought it was, right? Like you just have different memories of it, and you watch it, and my wife's just like. What the fuck are you doing? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut it off. <laughs> How does the argument apply to comics? Digital is available eventually. Uh, I think the point there uh, regarding the, the the piracy was more, you know, we got into the digital thing with comics specifically around um, it not being available for the new stuff, right? Like the, the you know, them stopping publishing. Uh, print stuff and shipping print stuff, but then not making the digital stuff available. I don't know that applies because, you know, to Mike, Michael's point, I haven't found anything that I needed in comic book format that wasn't available digitally. Um, you know, sometimes I can't find it on a, on a service like the Marvel app or the DC app or Comicsology Unlimited, but I can almost, almost always go into Comicsology and just buy it outright. I don't know if anyone else has experienced like, not finding a comic. Yeah, fuck comics, obviously. But, um, like, <laughs> um, the other thing to remember is that when Diamond made the decision to not ship comics out to, like, halt uh, taking in new comics, they're on the East Coast, right? So the same time as everybody else's job of telling them to stay the hell home, or the governor was like, yo, business is closed, Diamond was dealing with the exact same shit as everybody else, right? So while your company was like, you know what, we, we, we do insurance, we can do insurance. Everybody can work from home. Or, you know, we do, you know, like web development or, or website management or whatever. We can do that from home. Like, so, some companies like Diamond were having this, the same kind of freak out, but on a larger level because they were at ground zero for where everybody was sick anyway, right? And it was like, imagine having to say, we're not even taking the mail, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what Diamond had to do. Diamond had to be like, we can't have anything even come in the door right now, right? Because of where it's coming from. That was another big mm-hmm. chunk of it for them, was they had no way to keep themselves safe receiving new products, let alone sending it to shops that are going to have it sit right back because the shops can't even uh, uh, take things from them. So it was easier for Diamond to say, we're not even an easy decision, but the decision was for them to say, we're taking nothing from anyone. Because the time that Diamond had done that, by the time they did that, I already contacted Diamond to say, uh, my, my state was under shelter in place, 
and I need to put my account on hold because I'm not going to be around to receive any comments if you send them to me. Don't send me anything, right? I made a don't send me any new comments decision before Diamond said they weren't sending any new comments because I was concerned about bills. <laughs> I was thinking about it like these other shops that are going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble, right? I was thinking, man, if these dudes try to send me a, a comic shipment a week and I even go down there and receive that shit, I got to write a check for it. And then who the hell am I going to sell it to? I, let, I fired off an immediate email that was like, nope, don't even do it. I don't, I don't know where you got to put it, but don't put it in my shop, right? I can't write checks for that shit. And it, the next week they were like, we're shutting it down. And I was like, thank you. And I wasn't really thinking, oh man, like, what about the people who want their new digital comments? Digital comments. I was thinking more like, man, everybody's having a rough ass time right now, right. right? You'll get your Strange Academy. You just won't get it next week. But by the time you get to Strange Academy, you're actually going to want some other shit anyway. Personally, I don't think you really want Strange Academy until it's collected. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with it, but if, you know, let's, let's not get into my, my, my taste right now. We ain't, we ain't... Yeah, first, if you want comments, man, I'll ship you comments. You just shoot me an email. Tell me what you want. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, you know? I'm mailing people comments. You send me an email with what you want, and you say Chef's Choice and give me a budget. Put, 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 put that on the scroll, Jeff. Put that on the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm making everybody else do when it's working. You know? Stamps.com is my friend. Stamps.com was like, hey, so we know we should doing all this uh, shipping and all that. Man, thanks for coming to Stamps.com. We're glad we can be here for you. Yeah, looks like you. Yeah. So you, you send out a lot of stuff every day? I was like, no, I'm going to be a shelter in place. I'm only going to the shop like once a week. They're like, oh, well, thanks for using steps up, steps up. They thought they was about to get over. <laughs> they wouldn't shut up, upgrade me. You know? <laughs> no, I don't need that. I just need my steps when I need my steps. <laughs> Let me get in where I fit in. Right, right. Okay, no. Well, it's a bike. It's not a moped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like Facebook is having some problems. Which like is why we're on this streaming duck situation. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know, there's, a, there's a couple other places you can publish too. And it's funny because uh, when we started the stream, uh, uh, the shit was like, yo, um, Facebook is having issues with all the COVID stuff. So your stream might be suspect. Uh, was suspect weeks before that. <laughs> Me and Troy continued. Facebook was on some shit. Facebook was on some shit. That Facebook is, was that's like, correct. Oh, hey, so, you know, we noticed that you like to do this Facebook Live situation, and, you know, it might not be as stable as it would be if you pay us. Oh. Yeah. Yo, yo, okey Yeah. Like, yo, you've been recording a lot of stuff. Uh, be ashamed if something happened to that feed, though. <laughs> It'd be a shame if 20% of that feed dropped out. <laughs> just when you started getting good. Because I, st I restarted that last joint four, like four times. Right. And just quit. Just like, hell with it. I'm done. Because right. I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So this this might be some... <laughs> the, the check ain't in the mail, so uh, something might happen to right. your stuff. Right, right. right. So the, the bottom line on the comment situation as far as when comments can happen is there's really no time. 
right? It is entirely possible that shops in Illinois, that businesses in Illinois might be back to work before New Comics is shipped. Um, there are rumors that, um, like, August might be when comics are going to happen. I don't think that's really true. There's no actual confirmation of that. Um, there's some talk, somebody else that they heard, like, from a good source, it might that May is when Diamond's plan to start shipping again. Honestly, ain't nobody planning on shipping a damn thing until that curve comes down and it's safe for everybody to go back to work, right? Because, honestly, no one's really trying. Diamond isn't really thinking about it like, we need to get that paper yesterday if they're not taking any new books in, right? If there aren't customers out there buying this, they ain't doing nobody any damn good either. All you're going to do is end up crashing a whole lot of your customers, right? Remember, the retail is the customer. Diamond comes back too soon, and ain't no customers out there buying these books, a whole lot of shops are going to go out of business trying to pay for this Right? So you don't want that. So I'm basically planning to, when my if my shop can open before there are comics, I'm planning for what to do when that happens. You can come to my spot, it's gonna be like straight up old school cafe style, rat hands are through the ends, you know, <laughs> DJ up in the corner. <laughs> I was I was sketching, I was sketching out a new shop layout today that was like this can go right here. This can go right here. I can lose this. I don't really need that. I hell, I never need that shot. But that's dead in the garbage. <laughs> I'm gonna start giving history lessons up in that bitch. You know, so what we gonna do? We gonna go back. We gonna go way back. And so there's new counties. I don't. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. Cause like I said, the worst thing that can happen is you send me weeks worth of product, and there ain't no damn body like you know what else I did today. I check when my April orders are due. Because don't have me making an April order of comics, and I don't know when I'm going to have customers to buy that in two months. <laughs> right? Like, that's an issue. That usually, the, 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 the orders are due every 28 days. This is week four. You know? Like, mm, that's a hard that's a hard thing right there. So, Terry, with the shop closed, like, like, what what do you get into? Like what are you what are you what are you doing with the COVID nineteen time? Like So I have I've been practicing my guitar, I have been painting and well, I painted that one day in the backyard, it got really nice, that was the same day the hailstorm happened. Yeah. So I, I feel like me painting in the backyard is a bad omen. The kind of fucked up. I was able to paint in, in, in shorts in the backyard, get a whole damn piece done. And that same damn night, a hailstorm the size of a softball broke out my car back window. Right? Like, <laughs> within, within three hours. <laughs> I uh, played the shit out of some Skyrim. Uh, man, you know, let me tell you something. Zoom? Zoom should have been, like, acting real nice to people even before this happened. No. I just discovered the... Come on, dude. Wait. I can have a ball on Zoom. But the people that, like, I, I would normally be hanging out with on Saturdays, we could just hang out and on Saturdays and Zoom chats and have a ball. No. One of the Zoom screens was me turning my Kindle towards my TV so they could watch me play Skyrim. It was amazing. Oh. I bagged and boarded a bunch of comics. Yeah, look, it's, this is like it's, it's like poor man's Twitch. You right? ba- you bag and board comics on a on a Zoom meeting? I just do that when I'm talking to you. Oh, okay, all right. I'm yeah, well, I mean, we wouldn't know that because it's my it's, camera ain't working right now. We wouldn't know. Right, you wouldn't know. Yeah, like if it, well, my camera couldn't. I mean, I don't know why it thinks anything is wrong with my. I have no idea why. Wait, I'll I'll, I'll click around and see if anything. I, I didn't do anything on my end. I know that. 
So, yeah, I, I, well, I'm still getting your frozen ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm still frozen. There's a little, little thing down here that's like, having issues? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm having issues. <laughs> you know, I'm going to remove you from the camera quick and then add you back. Just hang out one second. Stand, stand by. <laughs> now I'm kicking from the studio. The studio <laughs> and the green room and all that. Right. Uh, Terry, if you can still hear us, now switch your video on so I can see you in the green room. Frozen as fuck. <laughs> Working out some technical difficulties. Difficulties, yo. Alright, well, Terry's avatar is back. Frozen as hell. <laughs> well, now we can't even hear him. Wow. Can you hear me Okay, I was like, now we done fucked up. I just want to say anything. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I, I, you know, I'm surprised at how how good the Zoom meeting thing has, has actually worked out, right? Like, yo. Uh, so I I've been doing my therapy sessions on Zoom, and I thought that was going to be weird, and it wasn't, right? Like, I mean, I think part of it is like you know you establish a. It seems that that would be that does feel weird, but that's just some Star Trek shit. So you you probably do fine with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's you know once you have a rapport with your therapist or whatever, it's cool. Um, but it was it was pretty normal, natural, you know. We do uh, we use that tabletop. Oh, Terry's gone. Oh damn. Oh, we lost Terry. Maybe reboot it. Yeah, maybe he's trying to rejoin or some shit. I don't know. But they said Terry dropped and Facebook stopped crashing, so uh, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were just tired of Terry's shit. Oh, let's back. Yeah, add him back to the stream. We lost you there for a second, but they said... Yeah, it's, I, I refreshed my browser and then came back, and it, my camera still ain't working, so all right, whatever. You are using Chrome, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Safari tells you off jump, like, you I'm, can't I'm, use this. Yeah, I'm too lazy to do anything else. Uh, we talked, me and you, Jeff, we talked about, I, was, I did a D&D game, with Roll20. Yeah. I got another session scheduled for Friday night. Yeah, so I've been enjoying Roll20. Like, I was surprised. I... I I thought I was, there was going to be a lot lost not being in person. And, you know, there is some loss, but, like, all in all, I enjoyed the shit out of it. If I would have known that Roll20 was going to be that much damn work just to set up to run a game, I probably would have just decided, fuck it. Why don't I just, like, you know, go to sit outside somebody's house like my man and say anything and just have a big-ass map in the yard across the street because <laughs> that would have been easier than... <laughs> You know, um, so let me answer. Let me answer Jim's question. The question is, Terry, have you gotten any money from TKO or Black Max? Uh, I'm going to say no, I have not. But that's largely because, um, one, I don't carry a lot of product from either of those publishers, and I'm not in the kind of situation just yet where I feel like I need to be on every kind of like every publisher's. Some publishers are offering up really what sounds like really good ideas, but I think those are just sort of guerrilla marketing plans, right? So I'm not I'm not quite there with that yet, right? Like, what's TKO going to actually be able to do for me when I'm not really carrying a TKO book in my shop? I don't think I carry it, right? And there, that's I'm not really at a point where I need TKO to help me out. If I were a five thousand square foot shop with with three locations. Yeah, I might be taking money from anybody in their uncle, right? But I'm not quite there. 
Roll it back, educated, TKO or Black Lab. There's a couple, there's a couple of uh, comic book publishers out there who are offering sort of like, um, they're either offering uh, direct assistance or some other kind of assistance for comic shops to quote unquote help comic shops out during this time, right? And I kind of feel like it, it is hard for me to trust in the concept of a publisher who only gets out about 5,000 comics a month, being able to actually send comic shops around the country actual money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, no, I think that's a, that's a hard move right there. DC, if Dark Horse, if IDW says, we want to send comic shops actual money, I kind of feel like there's a chance of that money actually showing up, right? But I don't, personally, I don't know that smaller publishers need to be putting themselves out like that, right? for the sake of quote-unquote comic shops, right? So I kind of, I'm not really getting involved in that end of it. If there's something that is not coming from a publisher and I need to pursue some funds or some relief, I'll do that. But I don't want to go to a publisher for relief, you know? If the publisher tells me they're going to offer returnability on books, then I know right off the bat that's what you're in it for. You're in it to get me to order your books when COVID-19 is over, right? right? That's what you want to do. All right, that's a different issue. Let's just say that, Right? Don't tell me it's for COVID-19. Just say, hey, your shop might look a little different after COVID-19. Consider giving me about two square feet. I'd much rather you just say that. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not begrudging any publisher in their desire to keep comic shops alive. I just need you to be a little more, like, upfront with what it's really for. Because there's a lot of damn comic shops in the country going to have a problem. And every single one of them can send you an application for money. Right? And, you know what I'm saying? Saying, and it always feels better when people are just straight up, right? And it's just like, hey, look, you know, we're, we're trying to help folks out in, in return, you know, it's like a little quid pro quo. I, I don't know. Like, I understand <laughs> the price of doing business, but I'm kind of with it, right? Like, I was thinking about that uh, email I got today, Troy, right? Where it's yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for an intern with four years' experience. He's like, no, you're looking for a free developer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what you're looking for. That's exactly right. That is what you're looking for in that case. Yeah. So I, I think that a lot of these guys, they like, it, it all came quick. It was as soon as like DC was like, we're gonna do something different. We might even look at a new distribution. You know? Well, okay. You might want to look at a new distribution, but you have an exclusive deal with Diamond. So I don't know how your new distribution is gonna work out. But the minute they started saying it, the image was like. We're offering returnability and everything. Then somebody else is like, we're, we're offering no payments whatsoever for six months. The next thing you know, every tiny little publisher was like, we love comic shops. We want to give comic shops. We want to do anything we can. We're raising 10 grand for comic shops. There's some GoFundMe that's out there. There's like a GoFundMe for comic shops, like out in the ether. And it's like, huh? How do you divide that up? You don't. <laughs> like, you don't. It's class action lawsuit money is what it is. Like, okay, you captured your $15. <laughs> Congratulations, we love you. Right? And, and I, I get the sentiment, but, like, the logistics of it is where I just have a bit of an issue. I can't ask a company to give me money when I'll, I know already, man, I'm, I'm ordering six trades a year, and I ain't never offered a floppy or ordered a floppy from you, you know? Or your tweet's a straight booty, and I wouldn't do business with you. Right? right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this. Right. this for me, there's a way that I look at that kind of thing where, yeah, if my shop is going to suffer from COVID-19, it won't be because I didn't take, you know, 40 bucks from Publisher X, right? So that won't be my problem. Let me ask you something in, like, the whole, like, COVID-19 climate, right? Like, so, 
you know, I think comic book shops are unique in that they have a, a much tighter, more personal relationship with their customers, right? Like right. people, people are vested in their comic book shop, right? So, you know, a lot of people are taken to, you know, buying gift certificates and whatnot for comic book shops and kind of like, what else can, can like customers do that want to support their shop during COVID-19? Is there anything else other than just like, you know, Still paying for your comic book gift certificates and waiting until it's all over, or what? Yeah, like honestly, so this is in a funny sort of way, this does work. Um, I had a customer buy three trades from me last week through mail order, um, and he like a couple weeks prior to that he bought an e-gift card from my website, and he was like, "Hey, I just realized I bought this e-gift card. Can I apply that?" And I was like, "Sure, you can, because we already got the money, right? The money's there, you know." And as I was like, one of the hardest things for me to do is when I go in and to process the sales for that, that mail order that I'm doing, when I process those sales for that day, I got to go back and look at all the previous days which I wasn't in the shop to see if we got any e-gift cards that account for that, right? So it's kind of a real thing. So, like, I think that whatever your average of buying comments was before, if you can do it, take some percentage of that and just keep buying e-gift cards. Buy, if you were buying on average 30 bucks a week in comments, maybe you can't afford that, but buy a $10 e-gift card every week, Right? Do things like that because for sure your your finances are an issue because who knows how long you're gonna have a job. Don't don't become homeless trying to support your local comic shop, right? <laughs> but if you are trying to support your shop, then do it as if you were doing it buying week to week comics anyway. Just buy a bunch of them. Get your friends to buy. Them. Like maybe if you you're buying thirty bucks worth of comics, you're only gonna do ten bucks a week now. Get your friends to throw five bucks at it, right? But just do that because that way at least there is money going to the bank for that shop. And you can be supporting your local comic shop that way. And as far as we're concerned, if when we open the doors, if we got a nice little nest egg sitting there, take whatever you want off the shelves. Right. It's harder for us to sell that shit six weeks later after COVID-19 anyway. Right. There's this kind of sitting on my shelf right now with new signs on them that will absolutely not be new when my store opens again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're not new now. You lying to me. <laughs> you said this was new. Coming in from the cold, you're like, it's, it's August. Uh, <laughs> Michael's got a question. I've seen a few small publishers selling hard copies and digital with portions of proceeds, some as much as 50%, where the consumers can name the shop that gets the proceeds. Certainly it's a come on by the publisher, but what's the harm? And I'm reading this because I know this is going to go to the podcast, so for people that can't see it. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. In this case, I think this is actually a good way to do it, right? Let the small publisher that can direct ship to a consumer, let them move a product, right? And let 50% of that go to any shop that the customer names. That is damn easy. That's flat easy to do. And as long as, as, long as the publisher has a way to get said funds to the, to the shop in a reasonable amount of time. Like, let's say you name Third Coast Comics. Well, if the publisher emails me and says, hey, Michael Hunt and wherever Michael Hunt happens to be, just said that he could, uh, I, I, that he wants us 20 bucks to go to your shop. How do we do that? If that email immediately goes out, right? Then I have to set that up with said publisher to get my money. I'm good. But it's that other, it's that back end of how do we get our money, right? When the, when, when the publisher says we you, we designate 50% to go wherever you want it to go, a lot of these shops don't have these relationships to where the, the, the publisher can just get our bank accounts, right? They have to email us, contact us, and then set something up with us. And I think a lot of these people aren't doing any of that. Right? Because, right. The, 
I'm not going to say it. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying somebody would have named Third Coast Commons by now, and no one has, no one's contacted you. <laughs> Right. That was an undercurrent. That was an undercurrent of some of you hoes. Some of you hoes are keeping my money, and you need to come up off it. <laughs> that deal looks fantastic on paper. I would just like someone to confirm they received their funds, because it's real easy to do. You don't have to wait a month to disperse funds to that kind of shit. You can disperse those funds at the end of the week. You know. That's all you got to do. Somebody can get me with my paper here. Right? I'm so, not asking. Right. I'm just saying. So what, what, what y'all missing? The address is Terry at thirdcoastcommons.com. Right? And if there's 50% of any books out there that are earmarked for my shop, that is the only, that's the email address you need to know. And just hit me up, and I will tell you how to put that money in my pocket. So what y'all missing in the Facebook video is most likely Terry is doing this. He's actually smacking his hand, doing that, like on some on some backslap type shit. That's exactly what he's doing. I can I can tell it. There's telepathy. I know this is happening right now. I know this. That's an that's an amazing. Oh, might as well try right now, my man. Because Michael Hunt, in the state he's in, I'm trying to put out where my man is. I know he tries to stay under the radar. Right? If you don't know him, I ain't tell you where he at. But he ain't, he, you he, ain't he no snitch. He about it. <laughs> so somebody, if I ain't got paper by Friday, Saturday morning at the latest, I need my paper by the time I watch the replay of AEW Dynamite. That's another thing. I've been watching a lot of damn wrestling. Yeah, I was gonna say like so. So WrestleMania was a surprise, I guess. I didn't watch it, but a few, a lot of people said that. <laughs> you know what? What has more? Let me see. Shit show or surprise? Now, here's the same number. Well, surprise is less than the shit show, I suppose. What are you talking about right now? WrestleMania. Yeah, he went through. He was a surprise. <laughs> and then he went through some literary surprise versus shit show, and like it was a letter count. It was it was a, it was a journey. It was a journey that he didn't necessarily tell you he was going on, but yeah, he went. Yeah. He went I on that journey. The road, like, what I liked about WrestleMania was this was the only way you could get a two-day show. And I love a good two-day wrestling extravaganza. Fucking love it. But generally, a company like, like the WWE can't pull it off because they're renting out one massive venue, right? And the logistics of doing, let's say, the, 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 the Superdome for two straight nights, right? That's got to be a damn nightmare where you can do just one day and get in and get out, right? You know? But if you're an indie show, you can do three damn nights if you want to. These fans, they're just standing nearby hotels. They'll come back, right? No big deal. And the show can still be fired the entire damn weekend. These dudes had time to prepare, time to record. They they had the largest wrestling company on the planet outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And what they delivered us, I'm going to say for a two-day wrestle fest, right, for the, for the two-day WrestleFest, in some cases, was about as good as I could have expected. But at some point, in two specific instances, maybe three, it was some dog shit, and I was not happy about it. I was an unhappy fan at that moment, you know? And another thing about WWE's marketing that I noticed during that, did you notice how, how they kept saying, 
that new subscribers could do WrestleMania for free on the WWE Network? Did you catch that? I, I didn't watch it because, I mean, honestly, it sounded like a shit sandwich to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm full. I, I was really puzzled by this because they kept saying new subscribers can get WrestleMania for free. But I was thinking, all subscribers are getting WrestleMania for free. Right. This is fucking WWE Network. That's what you're subscribing to, right? <laughs> what the hell? Like, that's the whole point. But the show overall, I thought that, like, the minute that wrestlers in the WWE stopped coming out of the uh, ring, stopped coming out from backstage, reacting to an audience that wasn't there, the product improved by 80%. Right? First, acknowledge the fact there are no fans. Right? Do that. It's what AEW does that I actually enjoy. AEW puts their own wrestlers at ringside at safe businesses, right, to provide that audience feel. Because I feel like that at least acknowledges there's no other fans here, and we're in a building where we, where it's only us. We're Be the wrestlers watching the wrestling. That's fine. Beyond Wrestling, there's a company, an indie company called Beyond Wrestling. They used to do this when they first started out. They would have no fans at all in the building. The audience would just be wrestlers. And the point was the wrestlers were watching these matches because they were trying. They, all the wrestlers in the building wanted to get better. So everybody in the ring could workshop anything they wanted to do. You could, throw, you could, you could tear the house down and have a match, right? Because the only people going to critique you are your peers. And that's the critique you want, right? You want to absolutely put on your best performance. And if you want to try something, you don't know how it's going to go, you want people who know what the hell they're doing, who know what they're saying, to be able to critique that thing. And I thought that was a brilliant model to start out with. Once fans start happening, now you got dumb chants and stupid signs and, you know, yeah. Everything, now you have fans in London. So fans doing everything. So, yeah, I do. you know, so I kind of feel like they fucked that up. But when, when a company doesn't have fans in the audience of like the WWE or AEW, the way to go is to not pretend that we're not talking about the elephant in the room. There is no elephant, right? There's no fans, right? The, the people at ringside should be the wrestlers who therefore can acknowledge they're the wrestlers at ringside. I'm here because I want to see Randy Orton get his ass whooped. I hate that man. I'd rather a wrestler say that, right? I want to see Randy Orton get stumped. That's why I'm out here, right? I'll buy that versus Randy Orton coming out and like having to play through the cameras for us at home as if like he's waiting to hear us boo him when we he can't hear us boo him, right? Steve Austin was out like three, four weeks ago and he was doing the what thing for the one announcer guy. And I was like, what the shit? This is awful. Yeah, that sounds terrible. It's I guess a lot of times that meant, you know, that, that that's just sort of like ingrained in them, right? Like that's just their sort of shtick and it's like Maybe they don't even realize how, you know, you fucking got his ass. I'm sorry. I didn't believe that. I couldn't even read the shit I was going to say. What's the director's job? Right. You know? The, direct, the director's job has to be, hey, bro, when you go out there from the curtain, when you go out there, don't throw your hands up wide to the fans looking for cheers from the left side like you're There ain't nobody. All right? Just go straight to the ring. Go straight to the ring and wrestle again. All right? That's what you're going to do. Go straight to the ring and punch somebody in the face. Go do that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, so I was watching, uh, like, the, the, over this weekend, I watched uh, WrestleCon from last year, right? Because every year when WrestleMania would come to a town, all the independent companies put on shows around the arena, like, uh, around the area where WrestleMania is going to be, because there's all these fans in the area anyway, right? All the, like, Ric Flair is going to be there, right? So I can get Ric Flair's autograph and see nine hours of wrestling before we even get to WrestleMania. Hell yeah, I'll do that, right? Those shows have been amazing because they're, like, uh, one show is the USA versus the world, and it's shit, like it's from a year ago, but it's like 
Darby Allen versus Black Taurus might have been one of the coolest matches I've seen in the last six months. And that was from a, a whole year ago, right? Like, Darby Allen is an AEW dude. Have you been watching AEW, Jeff? Yeah, I'm behind, though. I'm, I'm probably, like, three He's the now. dude who can, like, have his faces painted like a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, I know Darby Allen. Yeah. Yeah. kid, yeah. you know. Um, Troy has no fucking idea about me. Zero. He's not hockey. Zero. Uh, He's a wrestler. It is not hockey. Theme. You're welcome. He's a, he's a hockey theme wrestler, Jeff, who loves graffiti and, and 90s hip hop. Anyway. Shtick! <laughs> Sounds like a shtick. <laughs> I'm going to say this about every wrestler. So, just, so Troy's eyes open up. Yeah, and then I go, and then, then I get disappointed as shit because you lied to me. And then I go, da! And I'm typing, and I have 20. 20 minutes. Best to watch something. Whenever I want best to watch a video, I tell them there's a cat in it. <laughs> wow. I gotta tell them, I'm like, yo, there's a cat. There's a cat on my screen right now. You gotta come look at this thing. And they'll be like, there's not a cat. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not even bullshitting you. There's a cat. Hey, look, you gotta come look at this scene in this comic. They totally threw a cat in here. There's not a cat in that scene, Terry. There's totally a cat in it. You should come look. Then they'll come look, and there's no cat in it. <sighs> well, Chris might be missing the point. I'm lying. Yeah. Uh, what else have I done during COVID nineteen? I've done a lot of drawing, like like old school, like 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 not just like in my sketchbook. I've gone like back to like kind of fundamental drawing, like not just kind of drawing cool ass sketches and shit, but like breaking it down to stick figures for like proportion and and, and movement and things. Been like doing a little more studies about that. <clears throat> Normally, you sit down and do a drinking drawing, you hang out or whatever, you just draw Wolverine or Batman because you want to draw Wolverine or Batman. And now it's kind of like, well, because I want to like, I want to, I want to break it all down to like, you know, get proper movement in. And I want to go back to school on this, and that's kind of what I've been doing. My sketchbook pages are now filling up with straight up stick figures and boxes. You know, and I've been enjoying doing that. I've done a. I, I was joking, telling people they should just rewatch Babylon Five. It's five seasons, and it goes on forever. But then I started rewatching Babylon 5. I'm, I'm, I got one more episode to go before I'm at the end of season three. It's just amazing. I can love it. I still never watched Babylon 5. I got through, I know, I got through a season and it wasn't bad. Everyone says, oh, you got to wait for the second season. I'm like, all right. So. Well, right. So when I, I guess back in the 90s when I first started watching it, season one, what, it just wasn't really for me. And I kind of just left it alone. And then I came back in season two and the lead actor had changed out like like right right like like Bruce Boxleitner was not a dude who's running the show and all of a sudden there was just intrigue and shit and then by the time season three happens it's like fucking space monsters are showing up and fucking best like a, a Chekhov is blowing people's minds up with his mental powers and then I was fucking hooked you know so every couple of years I just do a rewatch because it's just fucking great you know, it's funny, like, uh, with all this downtime, you think you get into, like, shows, new shows, but people, every time I talk to folks, it seems like they're going back and they're rewatching old shit. I, new shows I've gotten into, so two things have happened. One, as it turns out, right before COVID-19 happened, I kind of felt like I exhausted everything I wanted to watch on Netflix, right? So I ended up, like, kind of, because I'm not, I just, I don't want to watch Ozark. I just don't want. I, I, wait, whoa, wait, what, 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 what's wrong with those are? Man, if you give me one damn show with middle class people that's trying to become drug dealers, one more jam, motherfucker. 
And this is coming from Jeff, who like who put a post out about how Ozark is white privilege gone wrong. Yes! And I know it is. Jason Bateman's in it. That's exactly what it is. I don't I don't, I don't need that in my life, dog. I really don't. You don't need it? Like you are going to do X, Y, Z because I said so. And drug dealers are like, no, no, you're my bitch. Right? That's, just you be, that's just you satisfied with that outcome, Jeff. <laughs> I just I just don't want to, I don't want to, not, not until I have to. So instead, uh, <laughs> so it's somebody, the last thing I heard. <laughs> you're like, somebody, it, was, it was Michael, Michael Hunt. Right, right when the store was closing, right when the governor was like, everybody take your asses home, Michael made a post that said the Pluto Network would, had a whole channel dedicated to classic Doctor Who. So I was like, man, I heard, I heard about Pluto a couple of times. Pluto.tv, basically what Pluto.tv is, it, it annoyed me for the first couple of days I tried to watch this shit because I'm not used to a streaming service where I can't choose every aspect of what I'm watching. Like, just imagine somebody had a shadow cable company, right? And you were just going in to watch, like, whatever the hell they were putting on any of their hundreds of channels, right? Here's a channel that just shows this old house. Here's a channel that just shows old kung fu flicks. There's a channel that does Doctor Who. There's a channel that, that shows AAA pro wrestling from, uh, from Mexico, but only 2004, 2005, 2006, as near as I can tell, right? There's a channel that shows old fights. Like, there's a channel for every damn thing. There's a channel that's all Cayman writer shit, right? Like, like if I go to Pluto Channel right now, I can find something to watch that I can just binge on for an entire 24-hour period, right? The only problem I've, I've found with Pluto is when I set my favorites, my favorites are only there for like an hour. It resets. It basically is designed to make you constantly switch channels to something else, not really to flip back and forth between the same six channels you like. I don't really it's free. It's on the fire. Uh, my fire stick has it. And I think the Xbox has it too. So I can watch it on my Kindle. I can watch it on my TV. Yeah. I can watch it on my phone. I can watch it on my phone. I never watch anything on my phone. I thought they wanted me to put it on my phone so I could use my phone like a remote control. I was expecting uh, that. All right. So I see what you're saying. It's like uh, just straight up like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try another thing real quick. Whatever Doctor Who they're showing right now, I'm going to be in the middle of the Doctor Who episode and I can't go to the beginning of it. I just gotta deal with whatever the other show. Right. So. <laughs> Are you doing a screen shit? Wow. I told you I'm experimenting. So they got like a. Go to like channel 370, show. either 370 or 373 is a doctor. All right. So they got a whole channel on dating. All right. They break it up into topics like comedy, uh, binge worthy. Sports. Oh, they, they got a leverage channel? Okay. Yeah, yeah, channel, that's the leverage. I, I, fuck, I fucks with that. Right, right, okay. Midsummer Murders, <laughs> some old British, some old British. Dude, there's times, there's times in which, like, you know, I just wake up at 1.30 in the morning and I can't get back to sleep. I'm like, what the fuck? This old house, give it to me. Let's show me how to hang a screen door, please. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope they don't have a they have a channel that for will old, show it. Old MTV not, joints, yeah. Not only for my rock. They have an old MTV channel, yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, what else about that? I've, done, uh, I've gotten into this new, on Netflix, I'm watching this Belgian kind of police procedural called uh, Unit 42. Um, 
that I kind of like in a weird sort of way. It's 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 gritty and also it's light and gritty at the same time. I don't know. It, I kind of dig it. And I would never have come to this show if it weren't for the fact that I was really just over everything that Netflix had kind of given me. I watched all of season three of My Hero Academia. I heard that was good. I haven't gotten around to that yet. But season four is not out there in English yet. Otherwise, I'd be watching that. I don't watch all that in like two days. What about you, Troy? What do you, what do you, what do you, I mean, you're an essential employee. I'm an essential employee. It's it's some bullshit. Yeah. Well, not every day, just when they call me in and like, you know, somebody needs something and we can't figure out how to talk to them over the phone. Um, I've been doing a shit ton of drawing. Um, feeling real good about that, making things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in the fact that, you know, um, my wife is home and we actually like each other. And I can leave, like, you know, we're, we're in the living room, and I just leave. Like, I'll go somewhere else in the house, and she don't have to see me. And she can be on the little calls and everything, and I can be doing my thing. And it's like, hey, you're still here. I'm happy to see you, as, in, as opposed to, you know, why is your ass still here? Why are you not outside? Uh, so I'm blessed with that. Um, tons, of video, tons of video games, although I'm not trying to – I've come to the conclusion that I pretty much – suck at pretty much every sports game my own um so i just ramped down the difficulty and just i enjoy the shit because video games to me aren't supposed to be necessarily a challenge but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have fun with it right like if i'm battling a boss and like i get him down to like 20 percent health and die like some people are like oh you know maybe i gotta do this better i gotta do this i'm like fuck this fuck this right. let me look let me call somebody uh, shout out to Vinny and just like, yo, come by and just give me past this one fucking part, please. And Vinny come through with some shit that he's spent three days trying to get and he shoots, he kills a motherfucker in two shots. I'm like, thank you. And we out. Like, we're done. We're done here. Um, you need Troy's Daedric Armor. You get the Daedric Armor. I'm like, Daedric Greatsword, you good. Nah, shit. You know, you need some, you need, you need the shit that melts shit and like, oh, I ain't doing all that. Um, but you know, when your enchanting is high enough, you can put fire and like soul trap on your weapon. See, you just do everything. Theoretically, breathe Skyrim, right? Yeah. Are you playing Elder Scrolls Online at all? Absolutely not. It looks too much like wow. I can't do it. <laughs> Sigh. I need, I need. I need. I need it to be like. I, I don't. I don't need the characters to start looking like aliens. And if, 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 yeah. It just looks it, it, too much time. Too much. They're doing too much. Other than the mushroom, giant mushrooms from trees, I think that's what it's doing. Well, that's only if you use giant tree mushroom model. My no, environment. No, 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 no. Oh. There's a straight up continent that you started off where all the trees oh, are okay. giant mushrooms. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, it's I know. Kind of, right, yeah. Oh, dear. I'm not in that crazy mashup shit, but it's good. <laughs> But I feel you, Troy. Like I, you know what I mean. I'm, I yeah. the game up, I'm like easy slider. Yep. I just want I want it to be comfortable enough where it's challenging, but not comfortable enough where I got to do some shit more than three times. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. You know. I want it. I want to have fun, and that's the end of the, the end of the day. I want to have fun. But you literally described how I feel about every video game. Well, <laughs> you don't. But you don't play other video games. games. So, but we about to, we about to get in this Rocket League though. But we go. We going We gonna discuss that. We got to get in this thing for uh, uh, some competitive multiplayer shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll drive a car around. 
Yeah, yeah. Driving a car around. That's yeah. Sure. It's car soccer. Yeah. Okay. It's mindless it's mindless entertainment. Mindless entertainment. You know, in Skyrim, you can have a motorcycle mod. Of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. There's a mod there's a mod where you find a bat cave, you put on a bat suit. What? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not into those kind of mashups. I, I, I haven't so, done it. I'm not into it either. But but like just knowing it's there makes me happy. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's the little things. Yeah. That's the little thing. Um, no, this this is, I think, the big thing, hopefully, that's going to come out of this is people just realizing that they don't have to, you know, have had this, you know, a side hustle. They haven't had, they don't have to have a, a thing that, you know, what have you been working on? Have you been coding? Have you been developing apps? Have you been solving world's problems? Like, no, motherfucker. I'm trying not to die, and I'm trying not to worry about people who I'm concerned about who aren't with me, so hope they don't die, or have people close to them die. Like, I'm that. This is not a a, a recipe for self fulfillment and for growth. Like, you know, we're trying not to die here, people. Like, that's just the shit. You know, we're trying not to die. We're trying not to be told that the people dying aren't enough, you know, it's not really a problem. Like, I'm not trying to deal with that shit. So if I can sit down and I can read, um, I can draw some shit, um, I can talk to my wife, I may uh, watch a thing on thing on TV every now and again or whatever. She's mainlining, she's been mainlining The Wire for the last two weeks. And so, and so she's been on that and like has watched everything. I think she's like, I think she's maybe two or three episodes from the end now. Um, so just watching her reaction, like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you know, and just like, yeah, you, you had that part, yeah, that was, yeah, you know. So like, the wire, don't even get to the end. <laughs> Stop like three episodes for the end. Don't even go back. Just walk away. Can't just walk away. Can't walk. Like away. Most great shows. <laughs> just walk away. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, it's just at this point, you know, I'm seeing definitely a change in where. I, you know, the commute to work is 20 steps. You know, the commute to the, the bar after work is 10. So I'm, I'm feeling good with that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm creating more. I have the energy, you know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of people are going to have these thoughts of, you know, not I was happy necessarily, but I felt different than if I did the nine to five thing or did this particular nine to five thing. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's going to come up. But like I say, I'm, you know, I've, I've taken my, you know, I used to, I take took my sketchbook to work, didn't do shit in it because I just couldn't switch off. I couldn't switch those tracks where I'm thinking on this one thing and like somebody like, Oh shit, check out this Instagram post. This person drew a thing. Like, I can't even, I can't process that. And I had to wait to get home. And that was an hour later after I left. And now I'm trying not to check work email. I'm trying not to, you know, I'm trying to wind down. And at that point, I'm like, fuck it. I don't feel like doing anything but playing video games. But right now, like, I'm creating things. I'm I'm having output. You know, I'm sending stuff out. as National Letter Writing Month. I'm doing that thing. Writing letters and shit. Like, people getting this shitty handwriting. You know, all up in their mailboxes. That's what's up. So 
I'm feeling good with that. And that's that. And that's, you know, after this all thing is over, you know, after we're able to check in on people, after we're able to give people their hugs and, and, and build with other people and check on folks like you all right, you know, you know, and after hopefully some of this have some rem, rem you know, just some of these things, some of these decisions have some ramifications we can deal with and, and deal and, and go forward with, then, you know, there's going to be that time for introspection. Like, okay, what just happened? Um, what did I learn about myself? What did I learned about the people I live with? What about to learn about the people that are my immediate surroundings and what can, you know, and going forward, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about that? Um, you know, we learned cousin so-and-so is an idiot because uh, cousin so-and-so, you know, was like 5G gives you, okay, all right, cousin, well, you just outed yourself as an idiot. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, Thanks, Jerry Hilson. You know, and then we can move it on. You know what I'm saying? So, and there's some folks who are, you know, like the people, the, the groundswell of support about, you know, people making masks and people doing things. Like, there's different jobs for people in the revolution, right? Like, there's going to be the people on the front line, but there's going to be people who are feeding those people. There's people who are promoting those people. There's people who are bailing them out of jail. You know, there's, there's different things for different, there's different roles for different people in a revolution, in a change, in a social change, whatever. You know, you ain't got to be the one, you know, necessarily getting your head knocked by a popo, but you can help the revolution, you can help other people by doing other things. And I think a lot of this is going to, a lot of this for me in the past couple of weeks has been, how am I, after this, you know, after this is all over, how am I going forward with the knowledge of who I'm around, who we got to deal with, who we got to, what hearts and minds can be changed, what hearts and minds can't, who's on my side, who's on my squad, who's on my team, and how do I take care of the people who are near and dear to me, um, who may have their own issues, who may have their own thing. And after this, I mean, this whole spot going to have PTSD. You know what I'm saying? So, um how do we deal with all that? So um, it's all, you know, every day, like you say, you know, like every day I call my mom, she picks up the phone. I'm, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I know, you know, she's 800 miles away. I ain't got, you know, I talked to her on Skype and I can talk to her on the phone and, you know, I can just hope like mom, you know, you stay in the house. Yep. You know, cause mom ain't trying to get sick. You know, mom ain't trying to die. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, after all this is over, you know, dealing with, you know, I, right, mom, you in an unsafe position, in an unsafe political climate, in an unsafe spot. What can we do about that? Um, so that's 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 pretty much my that's pretty much my thing. Um, like I say, every, every day is a chance for introspection, but every day is also a chance to do something, to make something, to like, yo, I'm making the thing, or let me sing you this thing, or. Um, put somebody up on something like the, the the amount of music that's come out, the amount of creativity that people have hit you that hit hit with, um, the amount of community being built. You know, you know, folks laugh at the internet. You know, like oh, the internet ain't real. This mad real as shit because people out here. You know, what I'm saying you you're able to to make these connections and talk with these talk with people you may have never met in met in in meat space. You may have never met in person. But I'll tell you what, too. There's folks that I'm checking in on now. I'm checking in on like my sisters or whatever. But I'm really also checking in on people that like 
the folks that you talk to all the like all the time on the internet, you realize that man, like you you aren't able to really just chop it up like you were able to chop it up before. Yeah, right. Because things are different now. So these are more folks you got to check in with. You know, they're on your list too. Yeah. Your, your list is longer. Yeah. Of yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Right. Hey, like, man, you because kept me sane some days just on Twitter or whatever. Right. People are going through shit out here. People are going through shit out here. You know, and they're going through shit largely alone, you know, by themselves. You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they may have a, a family that they're worried about. They may live with a girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, be married or be single or whatever and live in an apartment building, live in a house, you know, all the, these different things. And we found it, I found it funny where um, one of my wife's, uh, uh, friends was calling her up and she wouldn't pick up the phone and he texted her like I know you home like you can't even front right now you can't even front like you out somewhere like I was at dinner no 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 your ass at home why ain't you pick up the phone like you know so you know we're, we're dealing with these kind of relationships where now you know let's say to your point you gotta check up on folks but you know they home right but the other issues, they're working <laughs> that may be. That may be. I mean, but there are also folks who aren't working, right? There are folks who got laid off for, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where am I supposed to get, you know, I'm at the food repository or, you know, I figure I can get in with this, you know, you know, there's still a, there's still a demand for Lyft and Uber. There's still, you know, what are they doing? You know, they, um, food delivery spots are still going like, Folks are hustling now, but it's more dire. So folks are still, you know, folks may not be, you know, folks like I'm working, like, you know, I'm blessed enough to have a job and be able to have a nine to five where still that's, yeah. you know, still operate and still getting paid and everything. That's a, that's a blessing. That Don't get that, don't get that twisted at all. But it's also our thing to. You know, I've done a lot for I've done a couple things for people for creative people who like I've worked I've work I've enjoyed who their nine to five was tending was bartending, waiting tables and shit. And like, yo, I know you ain't making shit right now. You know what I'm saying? So let me slide this over because you got your own thing going on. You may, you know, you may do have do, be doing the rent strike this month. You may be doing all these other things that you know, we're being told, oh, no, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But like real people are having real ass problems. Right. So to your point, we got to, you know, you check on those folks. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so the thing, uh, Betsy put the thing like, hey, are you people, the people, you, you know, who live with people, are you OK? Are you OK? Like, because the joke was single people need, you know, to be checked on. No, if you live in a studio apartment, it might be a whole different situation. So I'm glad you got the space we have. For real, that that, that would not. It would, I don't know if that would have actually worked out. But that you know, and there's going to be a lot of people after you know who are not going to have a, a good ending to this story. You know, when this shit comes, kind of they were talking about when when the, the day that China lifted their shelter joint, they said at in um, Beijing there were 90 couples waiting. Like right. we ended this shit right now, we're right, done. Right. We're done, and I'm just hoping you know that the domestic violence shit is up, and people getting people like yo, 
I'm close. In, I've been in close proximity with someone who I found out I do not like. I don't want to be here anymore. You, and that's going to be serious. There's a whole other like language you got to talk to each other. With. Yeah. You don't, you don't get that, like, I'm going to go to the gym now. No. <laughs> you can't do right, because you can't. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, too, though, there's a lot of positives yeah. that are coming out of it, right? Like, for the people that are in the right situation, right? A lot right. of times, you know, I mean, you think, like, well, damn, I don't want to really be doing this with anybody else, right? Right. Yeah, right. You know? Or right. Back, you know, some bad relationships where you're like, oh, man, I'd be up on charges. <laughs> Yeah, page sixteen, right? Right. Um, so, and you know, you made you made a comment about something that I I feel like I think is 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 something that we need to just say more often. Is like this shit is not normal, right? Everybody wants to, you know, everyone wants to be like, oh, it's business as usual, right? You yeah. Know, we're just right. Home. No, this ain't business as usual. This it's is not fucked up, right? No. Um, and I think I think people need to feel comfortable just occupying that space for a little bit, right? Like, you know, yeah. This is fucked up, right? I'm okay to be a little freaked out for a little bit, right? <laughs> right, because um, that shit is real. Yeah, because like you know, one of the things like I work for a really young company, right? Everybody's, you know, I think the median age is like 26 or some shit like that, right? So for the older people that got kids and shit, right? Like they're in a different world, right? Because everyone else is like, oh man, you know, I got all this free time. Meanwhile, we're like it's a fucking war, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. The war between homeschooling. Between being a, a, a parent, a teacher, a spouse, an employee, all at the same time, all in the same little fucking square ass office, right? Um, it's 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 hard, right? And I think we do a disservice when we're just like, ah, you know, it's just business as usual. Think, ah, fuck that, right? No, it's not business as usual. You know, yeah. and people who people who have there's going to be a lot of folks telling us after this is over, like. No, this was, you know, totally fine. Let's go back exactly the way it was before. Like, no, no, because we just spent two or three months doing video conferencing. I can work from home. Or there might be some things like, your ass didn't do nothing. When, and you know, then we work from home and we found out that you really didn't do nothing. So, uh, yeah. So there might be some discussions in... You know, in academia, they're talking about, well, you know, as, you know, for, you know, you doing the, the homeschooling, doing the teaching, um, and for, like, professors and shit like that, like, no, you know, some people, like, like yo, my grandmother died, this is, but I'm here to give you an assignment because that's going to bring you back to normalcy. Like, no, 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 she, she, her grandmom's dead, yo, like, and she can't go to a funeral. Right. She has a tender funeral by video. And right. you talked about, you know what will get you back to normalcy? Uh, homework. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Did, you, did you guys see that article? Uh, I'm going to put it up here. I thought it was really well done. It's, uh, oh, yeah. The ultimate gaslighting. Yep. Yeah. Like this was, this was, I think, really good food for thought. Uh, because it is... It's all about how, like, everyone's just going to try to get us to just pretend like, you know, everything's normal. This really didn't happen. And then happened, yeah. And I think there's there's going to be a lot for us to learn out of this scenario. There's going to be a lot for us to examine the society. Like, you know, hey, this shit doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, this doesn't work for everybody. That doesn't work, you know what I mean? Like, hi, 
kind of health insurance to employment look real fucking stupid right now. <laughs> right, when 20% of your workforce doesn't have a job. But you have to know that it is going to be suggested you just get right back to that. Yeah, because totally. The, the, in situations like this, the industries that are, that are looking ahead are the ones looking ahead to how they can get back to exactly where they were, how they can maintain their position in the marketplace, right? How, how can, there's a whole lot of folks out here trying to figure out how to keep their market share, right? The reason, like, like the healthcare industry specifically is highly invested in changing nothing, right? right. Not one damn thing, you know? They don't want to change a damn thing. And tying it to insurance, you're right, it looks stupid, but some people are going to be like, but hold on a second. We've always done it that way. It, isn't it cheaper for me if we do it that way? Right? Now, they're not going to, you know, not, some people just don't want to fight for that actual change that needs to be done when it would benefit everyone. They don't want to benefit everyone. Doing things to benefit everyone ain't necessarily everybody's friend of mine. Yeah. Even after this. And I, I hope this, like, sort of highlights the fact that, you know I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as saying a socialist, right? But, like, at the same time, I don't think capitalism is the answer to everything. And, like, where capitalism fails is where government is supposed to sort of, like, step in and step up, right? And, like, I think this should be highlighting the areas where capitalism just doesn't work, right? Like, market forces just don't work in this shit. <laughs> the invisible hand ain't working for everybody. No, right. Right. and the thing, is, the thing is, capitalism wasn't supposed to work for everybody anyway. Right. You know, so it's capitalism, like I said, it's, capitalism is great for, is gain, concentrates gains at the top. But when, you know, also notice that when there's, when there's, this is capital, capitalist gains, socialist losses. One of, when every, you know, when, oh, well, you know, we made a shit ton of money and Jeff and I just go, we made a shit ton of money this year. You five people in management get it, get bonuses. But, Oh shit, we lost a lot of money. Well, we all gonna have to tighten our belts. <laughs> Everybody's Everybody. And it's like Right, but like we've only done better. Right. But meanwhile, like I said, that's what and but that's the system we got is yeah, like you know, so the, the same week that 20 million Americans filed for unemployment, the Dow reached huge levels. Like, um, okay, y'all do realize Dow Jones isn't the economy. And you also realize that whenever the economy, whatever it means, most like it's been synonymous with the Dow Jones. But whenever someone says the economy is doing well, people ask, well, what does that do for me? Right. And All I know is, what this shit showed you is, everybody in their mama became a socialist when they're trying to figure out how to get a vaccine. How can I get me that shot? Yeah. How can I get tested? You know, how can I get, how can I get tested? What about, what about these tests we supposed to get? What can I bring my own Everybody's a socialist when you think your life depends on it, right? Okay, suddenly you give a fuck. All right, right. Now, now the government has to take care of you, right? And I thought the interesting thing about that too was like there was a tweet that uh, I don't have handy to put up, but like. You know, when, when people were, like, suggesting that uh, people are willing to die to reopen the economy and shit, Yo. right? Like, there was a tweet that was just like, listen, he's not talking abstractly. He's talking right. about you. You. He's talking about your fathers, yes. your mothers, yeah. your grandmothers. He's talking that you guys are yes. okay to die uh, if it means opening up the market. Right. 
Yo, and it's like, you know, it's like, okay, the mortality rate's 5%. Or mortality rate's 2 to 5%. It says, okay, if you have 200 friends, pick out four people right now you want to die. Pick out. Pick them out. Right. Pick them up. There's four people you want to die. Like the, 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 when you're talking about a pandemic, we're talking about exponential numbers, right? So you're talking about four of your friends you think are going to die, but it's five people they know who might die. Yeah. Right? Like the numbers scale up fast, right? <laughs> and I'm not trying to sell comic books like so hardcore that, like, <laughs> I got to I gotta have people on ventilators for. Right. It's not, it's not. It's not worth all that. Shit like it. Right. It's not. It ain't worth all that. And if it means that coming out of this thing, like all of my friends that come out of it, okay, if my comic shop has to go out of business, then my comic shop is just going to go out of business and I'm going to go work for UPS, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would rather people live, right? Yeah. And me adjust my, my life plan, right? Then be like, how can I get back to selling these X Men comics? Damn it. As fast as I possibly can. Where's my books? Right? I don't want. I want a vaccine. But look, I get. I was telling somebody what my plan was when I even go in and do my mail order, because I just don't trust that certain other systems are going to try to help me out. Right. So, since the weather ain't exactly nice in Chicago, riding my bike all the way to the shop be kind of a pain in the ass. I've been riding it like halfway, and then getting on the train. But when I get on the train, I glove all up and I don't touch anything. Right. Right. <laughs> because I realized it, that you know, I started doing that. But one night, me and my wife were coming back from the shop, and I'd been saying, man, I wonder when the CTA going to get people out here just, like, spraying and wiping these trains down. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The, the red line has to go through the whole length of the city, mm-hmm. right. right? There's a lot of bodies on this train, you know? Right. I saw a dude on the train, an employee, get a blue rag in his hand. I was like, oh, there's a little man. He's wiping the train down, right? But I watched him. He's wiping out all the metal services in the car, and that... Red was dry as ass. And I was like, what the fuck? What is going on right here? Well, what is he doing? He didn't, like, the same rag for every metal surface. He was walking along, just wiping. I was like, look at this dude. He's literally pushing the virus from seat to seat. (laughs) Nope, I'm done. I can't touch anything on this train. This makes no sense. (laughs) I don't even understand it. You know who got a hard? I mean, panhandlers too, right? Yo, like I'm not trying to fuck with cash exchanges, right? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> like, like, hey, can you help me out? I'm like, nah, dog, six feet, bro. You gotta six feet. <laughs> my man, my man was selling streetwise. He's like, what? You want a streetwise? I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna leave this two dollars here <laughs> on the ground. You can walk to this motherfucker. Team trying to work a new hustle. So this team trying to work a new hustle up here. I was going to the post office one day last week, and I was coming down the stairs of the platform from the train station, going to my bike, and I saw this chick. She was like sitting on the on the ground, and she was like, you know, just kind of like chanting a little her little sign or whatever. And I was like, man, it's rough. Let me, I'm gonna go ahead and like kick her down something. I ain't never seen her around here before. And this is a major station, right? You get you get for years you get to see people. You know who's around, right? Right, right, right. I've never seen this chick before. So I, I came out the door, and as I started walking towards her, I'm like. I saw some dude walking up to her, and I saw another cat kind of standing off like like he was waiting for a bus, right? But he had a little, like, a, a box of stuff he was carrying around. Right. And I didn't see that dude before either. <laughs> but it was a, a dude that just got off the train with me who was walking ahead of me, and he was getting this woman first. And I'm like, well, he's walking to her, and he walks up there, and he goes, hey, I ain't never seen you here before. And she's like, no, no, I've been around. I've been here all the time. I'm always right here. He was like, 
uh, I'm pretty sure you've never been here before. And the dude who looked like he was waiting for the bus said, that dude walks off, right? And I realized, ain't this some shit? Like, these two folks have just come down from Waukegan or some shit. Like, I got it. Let's hit Evanston. Let's work Evanston. And I think these people had never come to a town before where cats was literally going to walk up and ask for the credentials from street people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's real shit though. Especially like there have been like there's the people on my on my my wife's walk to work. I walk with her, where she's like, oh, I met oh oh that's that cat's been there for a minute. Oh, I just that's my man. And they say hi to her and shit. Like they and she's like, yeah, you've been you've been here. I got my people, and it's like when you about to give like you know some, a little cash to like somebody and your people. Sometimes you're like. Where the hell you come from? Yeah. And then they're like, no, no, I'm always here. It's like, mm. no. Hold no. Up. And the dude, when the dude in front of me was questioning this shit, I was like, I thought it would be me. <laughs> like, I was feeling like weird because I was thinking it. This dude straight up walked up and said it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're guarding the gates. What right. Right. But you, you, but the, the fact that you are, you gonna lie like, oh, I always been here. No, 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 no. The man walked off too, like, damn, they on to us. Fuck these people. <laughs> Where these Evanston people get off? You know? I was like, damn, all right. Wow, <laughs> it's real. Shit is real. All right, bro. It's real. I'm gonna tell you. Ah oh, man. All right, we got two hours. <laughs> You're the director now. Somebody in here talking about Oliver Akbar. Um, okay. <laughs> Who, whose man's is that? We'll keep it moving. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, right. I wasn't sure if anybody knew. I didn't even look. Uh, As you can guess, I'm playing Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't reading it. I wasn't reading it. Wait, I'm... I'm wait. Who the hell is... No. Who did you... No, who, somebody just jumped in on the. Sh- yeah, I just, I'm checking. We don't have any. Yeah. Mo- we don't have any mutual friends. No. Uh, yeah, you know, this cat just jumped in. So, uh, yeah. So put that on your. Yeah. All right. No, we're good. Um, <laughs> do you mean, do you want to block him? No. No hate, my man. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> ain't that kind of internet. No. Right, right. <laughs> you think you have 4chan? Stop <laughs> that right now. You can sit down somewhere, sir. <laughs> be, be. All right. But, yo, before we bounce, is um, is it business as usual for NASCAR with this Kyle Larson joint? You guys hear about this? Kyle Larson was on a live stream dropping the end bomb. Oh, okay. So, here's the thing about NASCAR. Now we can get NASCAR talk. All right. The thing about NASCAR, NASCAR has this kind of, like, weird sort of uh, – it has that. It has the good old boy culture you would expect, right? But then it has some aspects of it that aren't that. Because a lot of his drivers aren't good old boys. A lot of his drivers are like middle class dudes from California and shit. Right. They're not really about all that bullshit, right? So what you get is you get some folks in in, in the sport who think they got to play to that base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they're never quite clear on is now there are always more eyeballs on you, right? So now you've got the internet, and, and, and here you are, you're trying to play to that base, but there might be people involved who like who just like the sport, who just like fuel, right? Who are 
aware that you can't pull that bullshit. But, you know, at a live event, live events are their live events. So, but did you, But did you, because I don't even know that this, so I got the video. I don't even know if this dude knew what was going on. Like, I don't even know if he knew that he was broadcasting. That's usually the best ones. It's like the right. people who don't I mean, think. He didn't know. He didn't know. Any, he didn't know other people would see or hear it, right? But he still did. Right. 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 Uh, I can't hear the words. I don't know if we got audio on this or not. <laughs> close. Is it closed captioning? Somebody right. close. This is the thing. Like, like everybody. Everybody wasn't the esports now, right? They all want to be like, let's see, let's see if we can get some views on the esports, right? Oh. Good. You don't hear it at all. Of course, this is the super long version. What? <laughs> Your man's reaction is the best. Like, what? What just happened? We heard that, right? Like, <laughs> like what, right? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Yo. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about, though. Like, you, my man thought, like, this is just what it is. You know? It's NASCAR. It's just us. You know? I mean, I mean, I know there's a couple black drivers coming up. I know there's like, couple... that, like they mean like like NASCAR has done so much for diversity. <laughs> that would be. Well, awesome. I, think like, I think they're talking from the articles I read. They were talking about like attracting more of a black body. Yeah, more, more. more yeah. I mean, I think I mean, all the black people NASCAR can do attract a black audience, and they ain't done none of that. None of the stuff I would think of. Right. I think you know, black people like some black you know black people people and black people some black people like cars driving fast. So. Yes. And I think if you're black and, and like, it's like me and Aki. It's like, if you're black and like some of these things, these formerly, like, white spaces, all of a sudden, you're like, well, I know that there's going to be some racist shit in here, but I, I have to pick and I have to pick out the shit right. I like. It's like internet <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's how it goes. Like, cause even, like, a, like, a couple weeks ago, not just racist, it's racist 12-year-olds. It's racist 12-year-olds. The thing is, though, is that in, in hockey, you have racist 50-year-olds, right? You got racist 80-year-olds. 
you know, the Rangers drafted a, a kid, a black kid, plays, plays in Minnesota. Um, kid is good. Kid is nice with it. It's like a developmental kind of kind of contract kind of thing. And there was a, the Twitter feed blew up with people who now not the the fake people with the you know with the with the bird avatars and shit like actual people who have commented on Ranger shit before, and they were calling this cat everything. And like, well, we are investigating the outpouring. It was like some Facebook Live thing, some Twitter thing, some live thing. And actual people who they get traced back, like no, 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 this is John Deering of da 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 row yeah. in Flushing. Yeah. Like we know who these people are because they've commented on our other things. They're season ticket holders. They bought season ticket, right? We got their right. Yo, like, and these cats are like, this monkey can't play no. Like yo, but I look at that shit and go, well, I mean, it is what it is. But then the whole thing becomes, what do you expect the league to do? If the league says, oh, we're going to look into punishment and there is no punishment, then we're like, okay, that's bullshit. If you don't say shit and just like, yeah, it happened. We're investigating how people got into it and we're making these remarks. I know you're telling me we ain't going to do shit. We're going to find all the people because we know these people are. We ain't going to do shit to them. And meanwhile, like you have the higher ups, the coaches and everything like, oh, you know, this kid's a tough kid. You know, he'll get pat totally ignoring the fact that this your fans are talking shit about a player you would not have an issue with if he you wouldn't have this issue if he was white. Which you know what you want, man? You also want to just like you want to just light you want that dude to show up and just light up and be an all-star. Right, you right free agency you want to leave the team. Right. (laughs) You want to be like the first chance you get, you want to sign with Dallas. (laughs) Fuck y'all. Barbecue ribs, ho. What? Well, I mean, Dallas has won a cup more recently than the Rangers have, so there's that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, so you want the sport, you want the league to do the right thing, but then as a consumer of these things, of these sports and everything, who may like the sport for personalities or for what it is or like the game or whatever you're just like okay well just don't lie to me don't give me don't give me lip service about how you're going to do this and you know you enforce this and like oh let's oh let's hire a diversity coordinator because those that's those cats are a diamond dozen oh yeah game's over then right you know and they fix the problem and they move on in six months yeah okay <laughs> oh shit! We about to get diverse in this bitch. <laughs> All right, fellas, I gotta shut it down. <laughs> you know, I, I got. I'm about to go make some popcorn, watch some John Oliver. Yep. Throw up with my boo, and then I'm watch it. Just I'm gonna watch this old house on Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> well, check out Pluto. That's that's uh, real. Leverage channel. That's you real. That. That's <laughs> real. That's realness. All right, I'm going to get that app. Two nights. <laughs> <laughs> Two nights. Yeah. Like, dude, like Fist of Fury was on. Oh. Like, I was like, oh, shit, I watched the last 25 minutes of Bruce Lee movie, and it's oh. one in the morning? It's amazing. Okay. Is that a Law and Order channel? Probably. I see they got an Unsolved Mysteries channel. Okay. This might, okay, this might be some shit. All right. Um, well, that was it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Stakes is High. The 
Black Nerd Podcast. Podcast episode COVID nineteen. <laughs> the the, the pan, podcast enduring the pandemic. And we'd like to thank our special guest Jeff Smith in the spot. Keep it hot. Thank you. Thank you. We might just have to hire Jeff because Jeff was able to throw the links in there and you know drop a little video and shit. Yeah. He, he's he's massive. He's massive how to do this uh how to do the thing with the streaming duck. Right, and we're going to have to get some other streams, backup streams. All we do is get get my man's music in here, you know? Right, right, right. Get some branding, yeah. Get some, yeah, you know, like, uh... But then... Shout out to Stout Child Loop. Word up, word up. Where's the music and shit? Yeah, we we ain't got no, like, outloop or nothing, like, musical cue. Yeah, true. Can we do that? No musical cues and shit? I'm looking. That'd be be hot. I'm just saying that'd be hot, you know? We'll, we'll, we'll do this again next year. Literally, I meant next week. I honestly was thinking next week, but I said next year. <laughs> Maybe that's something that worked out. Right, right. All right, word up. So, I mean, just two, two hour fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> I, this, has been, this has been your favorite podcast. I'm Troy East Terry. That's Jeff. Word up. We'll check y'all.